0: dumb fun somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this
1: musical the movie the podcast musical the movie the podcast musical the movie the podcast with andy and Steph. welcome into musical the movie the podcast episode i'm gonna call it six and hope i'm right uh that feels does right. That, does that feel right? Because our one of our guests will bother me on Instagram if I'm wrong about that. <laughs> uh we're here to talk about the Phantom, the OG, as as he's often known.
2: Often. I can't help but notice that you don't have your hand at the level of your eye.
1: Oh, that is a mistake, <laughs> or else the poon jab lasso will come for me. Uh well, that being said, Steph, here we are. Uh it's time, it's time. For, for the masked man. I'm uh, so as as, I, as he's often known. <laughs> Uh, they call him the man who couldn't afford a whole mask. Uh, <laughs> what's his real name? Do we know? Is it Eric? It's Eric. Yeah. He is an, he's a, I'll say it, an incel named Eric <laughs> uh, who lives under a theater. Uh, it's the story of the Phantom of the Opera stuff. Well, I, I think we should start with you. What is your relationship to the Phantom of the Opera? <sighs>
2: I mean, what isn't my relationship to this? I okay, so I'm just gonna spoiler alert that my guest today is Tina Hoff, and I'll give her a proper introduction later. But she was like, very formative to me, uh, again, in this musical, I saw the movie first, I have I don't I don't really remember anything about it. I remember the second half went a little long we'll talk about that and I remember like the car ride home talking about it and talking about our like immediate mixed reactions to Gerard Butler and this is uh, where by the way this is in beautiful Appleton, Wisconsin. Beautiful Appleton probably, Wisconsin we would have probably gone to a Marcus cinema I don't know if they even have those anymore uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah it was like it was like you know when you throw we pile a bunch of high schoolers into a car and you all go see a movie. It was like that sort of scenario.
1: I'm sure the North uh, high school uh, theater department was just on fire to go see this thing opening week. Oh yeah.
2: I mean, it was a hundred percent
1: like kids
2: from our high school theater department. Um, But I didn't really know Phantom before that. And I like, I mean, as we'll talk about, this is a great adaptation of it. So I feel like it, I feel like I immediately knew it really well. Um, And then Tina Hoff and I costumed, we were, like, costume assistants for uh, a big production of it at Appleton North High School, like, after we had graduated, we were involved community members, um, And we, uh, costumed masquerade and, um, it was the most fun. And it was also how I learned how to sew all of the like mom volunteers taught us how to sew stuff. And there were other people doing other things too. Um, but that like kicked off our whole, our whole costume adventuring adventures.
1: Yeah. As I remember this story, you, they, they basically gave you guys masquerade to do, right?
2: Yeah, they have Which is why
1: that's the most costume-heavy thing
3: in the show.
2: So a thing about theater costumes is that they can be bad because no one is going to see them from closer than, like... 30 feet and that was very much the situation with our masquerade but we we did actually like the masquerade costumes of the stage show are, are are like a feat of it like it's it's sort of like there's like this really famous design from the original production where they're uh very intricate period costumes where everyone like is in a costume costume and then has a mask and like is like a thing and we we had fun with that um, and then I just like quickly fell from there, and and now I have like opinions on who was the best Phantom, and and who I have. There's um, a British actress, Katie Hall, who played Christine, and she. There's just this one line at the very end when she says "tears of hate." She just. I I, I know that you know about this because I, I literally made you watch this clip on YouTube because that's how powerful it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I can uh, tell already that I, I'm going to be in the weeds on today's episode. I'm going to be what yeah. they call it, in the weeds, coming from behind. You, you guys are so deep in it. I think I, I'm going to be the voice of the common man on this episode.
2: Well, as the voice of the common man, what's your relationship to Phantom of the Opera?
1: Well, so my mom liked it in the 90s. My mom used to always bump that cassette uh, in her Infinity. And I remember the title song, and I remember Music of the Night, uh, which I also was doing a, a parody of in, in my stand-up briefly during the Donald Trump presidency <laughs> <laughs> and, and dumped unceremoniously <laughs> in 2023 because Donald Trump jokes were like hearing Christmas songs on December 26th. Nobody, <laughs> immediately nobody wanted it at all. And so I, I knew those two songs basically and that was it. I, we, we talked about it a little bit when we started dating because I, I, I told you, it was sort of this conversation that really begat this podcast, which was that like, I'm very susceptible to musicals. I can be into musicals, but I find musical theater to be sort of alienating, you know, from a money standpoint and from a Mm -hmm. cultural standpoint. And so I'm never able to see musicals for that reason. And it was with that in mind that you, Steph Smith, my co-host and uh, girlfriend and domestic partner, got (laughs) me uh, tickets, got us tickets to go see Phantom of the Opera live. At the beautiful Cadillac Palace Theater here in downtown Chicago, Illinois, uh, Christmas of 2019.
2: Yeah, it was our first Christmas together.
1: Yeah. And we uh, we went to go see that. It was w- what I remember very specifically about it is that at, as soon as the curtain went up for intermission, before you said a word to me, you took out your phone and you sent a voice message to our, one of our guests, Tina Hoff.
3: Uh
1: <laughs> all about your thoughts on the musical. And we'll, we'll talk some more about, I guess, my reaction to it. Well, I mean, what I do remember is that we went to a bar afterwards and you made me tell you what I thought the play was about, which, was, <laughs> which, which I needed. I did need because, you know, I think this kind of choral singing in particular can be kind of hard to understand sometimes and parse the lyrics. Uh, and the plot of Phantom is not what I would call straightforward, <laughs> even, even if you're picking everything up. Uh, and so it was not until like at that bar afterwards that I was like, wait, the Phantom like is doing theater tricks and stuff. And you are like, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> say we were up on the balcony for our seats, but like neither here nor there, uh, beautiful seats, beautiful theater, beautiful, beautiful production. So yeah, so that was pretty much it for me in terms of Phantom until we, we watched this
3: movie.
2: I do remember, I don't remember his name, but I do remember that the, the guy we saw playing Phantom was like particularly captivating and that um that was one of the things that we talked about was the way that all of phantom's influence over christine is like purely about sex appeal and her processing her own shit about her her own daddy issues Uh (laughs) uh-huh um and like he did a really good job like understanding that and exploring that
1: Derek D., the gentleman's name. I did
2: Derek, D. Derek, job, Derek D. Great job. He really D. was terrific.
1: Uh, well, let's bring in our guests. Uh, as always, we have a guest from the world of theater, a guest from the world of comedy. You want to start with our theater guest?
2: Yeah, Tina Hoff's back. Um, hey! <laughs> she's just, she's truly become our, our third podcast host, but our, um, our third chair. I just couldn't, I, I don't know anyone in the world who knows more about Phantom than Tina Hoff. And I don't know yeah. a lot of people in the world, but I do know like a lot of nerds and theater nerds. So this big is big compliment.
4: I mean, you're Are set. You're setting it up. So, I mean, hopefully <laughs> I can live up to the hype.
1: I think we have an understanding that if one of us dies, we're to continue the podcast with you, Tina.
4: Aw, <laughs>
2: thank you. We haven't talked about
1: that, but I think it's, a,
2: it's an unspoken, unspoken understanding.
1: understanding. Now it's officially spoken and on the record, although I will cut this. Um... <laughs> Uh, Our comedy guest, one of my favorite people in the world, host of a podcast, a very popular and uh, incredible podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Just a a great writer, great improviser, great comedian, great person. Sarah Shockey is here. Hi, Sarah.
5: Wow, thanks. Talk about living up to the hype. (laughs) Now I got to be a great person too.
3: (laughs) On top of everything.
5: (laughs) In front of uh, the people at the Phantom of the Opera who are all questionable in their little ways.
1: Yeah, there is no one gets out of this thing clean. I think
5: <laughs> Meg, <Amen>. only Meg.
1: <laughs> Meg, yeah. Uh, well, she's got
5: some mommy issues to work through, but she's all right. She'll be good. She'll get there. She'll find some uh, Raul not connected to the story who can just make it happen.
1: <laughs>
3: so I, I don't
5: know I- what happened last year. Why is everyone acting so weird? <laughs> I, so
1: I know that we have the right to guess here because both of you so, so Sarah when when I booked you you sent me a picture that it, it seemed like you had drawn of the phantom as a child
5: I have a very deep and complicated relationship with the fans of the opera yes
1: okay and then Tina you sent me a picture of you and Steph uh as as younger gals with uh your hands covering half your face
5: Yep. Yeah. At the so, level of your eye. <laughs> at
1: the level of your eye, of course. You might Literally, say. though,
5: for as much as I act like I know about Phantom of the Opera, I was like thinking today and I was like, hand at the level of your eye. I've never understood that. Are they sea captains? Are they looking out a boy? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, so they don't get strangled with the news. Well, yeah. you know, it's... you can learn something new and fundamental even every time you revisit the piece. <laughs>
1: It's like a te- such a tenuous defense of that move, too, by the way. Like, right, I'm, I'm like, I don't like would that even work? Like,
4: I, yeah, what do you I think? Mean, my even, arms like this, a tree, <laughs> even this right. would work though, like a sea
5: captain thing, because you could, and that's get what, yeah, it, right. I thought you were looking for the phantom, keep your hand <laughs> at the level of your eye because it might get sunny <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, bowels
4: so of the theater. It's gonna Christine's
3: get so, so beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, those stage lights on the
1: uh sarah why don't why don't we jump into your your long and complicated history with the phantom
5: okay so the phantom of the opera was the first musical that i became familiar with um outside of the disney's which beauty and the beast lion king captivated i was like if you're allowed to put songs into stories i don't know how the human race can ever be stopped and i got really into phantom of the opera because we had the cd And I didn't, like, I had a lot of, like, Bible cassette tapes or, like, Salty the Singing Songbook, and they'd be, like, narratives with songs. And this was, like, that, but, like, badass. And there was, like, murders. And, like, I remember just listening to it being, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be hearing this, but I love it. (laughs) And I went to my friend Caroline Christopherson's house with the CD, and I was, like, this is the thing that we do now we're going to act this out. And I was like, she's like, what's the story? And I was like, okay, there's this, that. And she's like, okay, I want to be the girl. And I was like, actually, I kind of wanted to like be the girl. And she was like, only one of us can be her. And you're already kind of like inconveniencing me with this whole plot stuff. And I was like, I'll be every other character in the show then if you're going to be. Her. <laughs> and she was like, that's fine. So we would do that every time we hung out for years and about two or three years. And finally, my parents, after I dressed as Fans of the Opera for Halloween, got us tickets as a family. Like, I'm sure it was such a big deal to go see the Fans of the Opera. And I was, like, so excited about it. I was, like, imagining myself having conversations with the fans of the opera. Like, I can't believe I'm going to, like, meet you. (laughs) Like, I wonder if he's going to come sit in my lap, like, in Cats. Well, like, it got (laughs) to, like, one of these imaginations was, like, too intense for me. And I was, like, a kid and didn't want to explain. Like, I think I went too far in my imaginations about the Phantom. But I, like could not talk about the musical or think about the musical for the two to three months leading up to us going to see it because I just felt too intensely about it. And then I was like, come on, you have to, like, this is something that you want. It's going to be fine. And then we went and saw it and I loved it. But like it definitely, after I saw it, it like cooled the obsession to where now I just can Reference it when I was like in 11th or 12th grade. I read the book, so then I had that, and I'll like revisit it. I'm always down to do a good fan for the opera bit, but uh, the most intense it was was the time that I drew that picture where it was like him doing past the point of no return, where I was just like, This I don't think I should know about. This is too <laughs> deep spiritually <laughs> for me, but I don't understand it.
1: First of all, I I, I would have given anything to hear your your six year old uh, description of the plot of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> like I probably I would wouldn't... have been very similar to mine at Richard's. There's the night just after. They're really
5: <laughs> funny guys. And they're always getting into trouble because the Phantom doesn't like the stuff they do.
1: But also, like the thing about you doing every other character. Do we? I know wouldn't how let formative... her do Masquerade.
5: She was like, I can help in Masquerade, and I was like, No, because you're Christine. You get enough solos. You're about to do wishing you were somehow here again. And I don't get shit during that. So I'm doing all of masquerade by myself.
1: I just don't know if you know how formative it was for you that you were like, I'm going to do every character. And then it's I like,
5: now you're like, like a likable Carlotta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is, now that I know this. Yeah, I could say I would put that in your bio. <laughs> Tina, what about you? I know obviously we've, we touched on it, but you were there before Steph, obviously.
4: Yeah. I mean, Steph covered a lot of it. I, I kind of had a similar thing and in that I would hear the songs when I was kind of growing up. I was really into musicals as a kid, but it was more like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and Jesus Christ Superstar. And I think I saw a production of it when it came to the PAC in Appleton, I think before I saw the movie. And I just remember being like, oh, the title song is like 15 minutes into the show. Like that's (laughs) early. Like that's the only thing I remember about that show is how shocked I was that the Phantom of the Opera song was so early into the first act. And I don't remember anything else about it. I don't remember if I was with Steph when we saw it in the movie theater. It's incredibly possible because we were around each other, but who knows? Um, And since then, I've seen it a few times professionally. I have watched the, I think it was the 25th anniversary maybe, or it was recorded at the Royal Albert Hall. I've watched that many, many, many times.
2: Is that the Um, one where
1: Antonio Banderas sings? No. no, it's that's okay. the one
2: where Ramin Karimlo is the phantom, and he we're going to talk about him today
4: because he makes yeah. like a fun prescient appearance <laughs> in this movie. He does, yeah. he does. Um, and just kind of like very into it. I'll listen to it every so often and just kind of revolved around it. But yeah, the, the big phantom thing though was um kind of costume assisting in that, that production at Appleton North High School. I was freshly dropped out of my first uh, bout at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and needed something to do. And the director there was like, hey, can you sew? And it was like, no, but I can learn. Um, so just spent like a couple months doing Masquerade with Steph. It was just really, really wonderful.
1: I mean, I, I will say that Masquerade, when we saw it live, like, I could not stop laugh stop laughing during masquerade. And masquerade is like not a comedy number. <laughs> but like I just like I think when the play, when the curtain went up at the end, the first thing I said to Steph was, is it really the point of a masquerade to be able to fool any friend who ever knew you? Is that the point of a masquerade ball? <laughs> like is, there, are we, is it deception? That's the point of a masquerade ball to these people? Well, let, let's talk about just for a second the the history and sort of development of how this thing comes to be, which is to say, of course, there's a, a novel uh, that Sarah read uh, that was written in 1910 by Gaston LaRue. It's been made into a number of horror movies. And in fact, The Phantom is considered one of the universal movie monsters, like with yes. the Wolfman and Dracula and the Mummy, because it was one of these original horror movies. Uh, but then in 1976, and I'd be interested to know if any of you know about this, uh, a musical goes out by a guy named Ken Hill. Do you guys know about that at all?
3: No. Yeah. Ken named- Hill?
1: Ken of the Hill puts up, a, hey, that is short for Ken of the Hill. Uh, and he, he puts up a, a musical based on Phantom of the Opera. And Andrew Lloyd Webber sees it and he's like, he goes <laughs> to Ken Hill and he's like, I like this. Let's let's work together and make it a little more theatrical. And then eventually he <laughs> drops Ken Hill out of that process. And he just makes his own new. It's sort of the thing that we saw with the Sweeney Todd thing too, where there was another Sweeney Todd play, and then Sondheim was like, "What if there was a better Sweeney Todd play?"
5: You remember when there were two Breakfast Club the musicals going head to head in local <laughs> Chicago improvisational theater? Because I do.
1: <laughs> it's very similar to that. I, I like it's to think of it as a, Ants, a Bugs Life scenario.
5: Yeah, Ooh, it's exactly yeah. like that. Listen, these ideas they they come double because we need them double.
4: Kind of a friends with benefits, no strings attached, if you're kind of in the movie
5: world. Yeah, there you go. Uh,
1: So this play gets up on on Broadway in the West End in 1987. It it basically sweeps the Tonys, except Sarah Brightman is not nominated uh, for playing Christine, which is wild to me. Uh, But then uh, the film project is first confirmed in 1989. And in 1989, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber handpicks Joel Schumacher, to direct and to develop it with, because he loved, and I'm not making this up, The Lost Boys. And Weber Webber loved the use of music in The Lost Boys, so he gets Joel Schumacher. And they go to the south of France together and they write the script for Phantom of the Opera, and then it's going, they're going to do it with um, Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman, the original Stars of the Stage version. And then right before filming's about to begin, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sarah Brightman get divorced. And The uh, way
5: I read it, Andrew Lloyd Webber divorced Sarah Brightman. (laughs) That's (laughs) that's that's the way I read it. Very, very
4: important (laughs)
1: distinction, yep. And so this thing just languishes in development hell for the next 15 years. There is a point where Antonia Banderas is like taking vocal lessons to play the Phantom. It just never happens that way. And then somehow... Like a, a th- there was going to be a fifth Batman movie after you know the four from from our childhood that Joel Schumacher was going to do that was going to be called Batman Unchained again I'm not making that up Django didn't exist <laughs> yet but it was going to be called Batman Unchained and that falls apart and that, he's and so known things.
5: for his chains
2: Batman yeah. right yeah I mean he,
1: he really was known conforms. for his
2: forms
1: he was certainly known for his nipples after what Joel Schumacher did to him uh and. <laughs> And so of course the most subtle director (laughs) in the world when it comes to (laughs) Batman gets his hands back on uh, the Phantom of the Opera and he starts casting this thing. Uh, I forget, like I read where he knew he like, he liked Gerard Butler from some, I mean, truly uh, like Dracula 2000 or something like that, because Gerard Butler is not, that's what's most notable about it to me, I I guess. And we can jump into it by way of this Uh, Gerard Butler is so close to being something in this movie (laughs) and I don't understand why he's it's not like a star power casting because he's not a star
5: I saw this movie for the first time today I was in a really good mood when I watched it and I (laughs) thought he was great
3: (laughs) I Uh loved everything that he did
5: and I thought he was cute and then I thought that I had some edits in the back half but I just generally have edits for the fans for the opera in the back half yeah um, I just wish the three of them could get along and just hang out at the theater and put on shows. <laughs> but like we can't always get what we want right because honestly I good. was like I read about this. He never took a singing lesson and like nah. his voice is good. Like he hit some of those notes with that like waiver vibrato that I was just like, I was, you know what? I just gave him the like action hero benefit of the doubt where I'm like, this is the cutting edge and I don't think you're supposed to be here, but you're really making the most of this.
2: This is going to sound like a little bit too much of a like backhanded, like I thought the programs were really easy to read. (laughs) Um, but I think he does a really good job of capturing the like, growly parts of the phantom and like the parts that are like this is a character who grew up in uh the cave below an opera house and so like this is what he sounds like um, and that he pulls off a lot of it and I can see Andrew Lloyd Webber like having written this thing and marrying Christine and he thinks that he's the phantom and he's like injecting <laughs> music with like all of this novelty and dissonance and people and he's hate mostly the synthesizer, hot. <laughs> but he's right. And he's mostly hot. He just needs to like cover up a little bit of his face. <laughs> um And I could see him like in that perspective, looking at Gerard Butler and being like, yes, this is the like, this is the hunky man that will work for this. And I mean, it, it he,
4: he's to, not wrong. Yeah. It used to bother me when I was younger because I was like, he's not a good singer and I don't like it and I don't want it. But now, I mean, none of the principal cast really is a very strong singer right and you don't really want like a Nick Jonas in the uh, Les Miserables concert situation where everyone else is a professional singer and then you got this other guy who's like not quite (laughs) there I
5: I laughed so hard when I saw him do that because I was just like that's Nick Jonas and everybody else has been training in Broadway forever and that's just him Right. So like he's
4: Gerard Brothler's kind of matching the vibe, and I don't mind it now as an adult who's seen some things, yeah. namely Nick Jonas and <laughs> 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 I was so sad by that. It was like
5: seeing like all the actors and then like a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's uh, we, we talk about the Russell Crowe effect a lot on this podcast where Russell Crowe and Lei no,
4: I was gonna say you talk about it. Yeah, that's fair. i love I've been secretly this point holding and you my top exactly. Like we
5: all say it and only you say it.
1: Not just on the podcast, all the time when I'm walking around. Um, Listen, we don't have to get into it, but
4: Russell Crowe and Lee in that movie is 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 good and it's a good thing. And but we can talk what, about but, it at another
5: time.
1: But Tina, but, that's what I'm saying is that Russell Crowe in that movie is good, and that Javert is not a character who needs to be able able to to sing like that
5: why would javert I mean? take singing lessons he's out for justice right
1: <laughs> and and the phantom on the other hand i think does need to have a strong <laughs> it's <all voice>. about
5: <laughs> singing lessons that's his whole thing
1: right his whole thing
5: well okay, yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah that is his whole thing
1: i mean i, I do want to mention uh that uh, we were, we were at a, the, Tina and Steph and I were at a, a wedding and, and I can't say this enough, beautiful Tucson, Arizona uh, over the weekend. And uh, we, this came up and for feature friend of the show, Amanda Crowley said to us that she thinks that the Phantom doesn't need to have a strong voice because Christine is his voice. That Christine yeah, is, is the voice that. that he wants to sing. And, but at the same time, he casts himself as the male lead. Right. He takes, he literally yanks Pianji <laughs> out with a hook. Not really, but I wish he would have taken like a big hook, (laughs) a big stage hook, and taken Pianji up and puts himself in the lead opposite Christine.
5: But like Pianji wasn't hot. So like he's a step up from Pianji looks wise. I don't know. Pianji's kind of a wife guy. We could get into it. it. I love my curvy husband, (laughs) Pianji.
1: I love my curvy tenor. My tenor is a 10 um all right We're 11 well so let's let's jump into the plot and we'll, we'll we'll talk about other things as they come up
2: okay so we open with a silent title card what a choice oh for marty some was
5: rattled by that because we put the dvd on that i've owned for years and never watched <laughs> until today like what a nut and i put it on and marty's like there's no the sound is there sound is the sound on is the sound on and then he watched through until the opening music started and literally andy he went they took that from Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you though?
4: I had a very similar thing because I was listening with my AirPods and I was like, wait a minute, where is the sound on this? Like I didn't recall being I was like, hold on, stop. Are Darring. they not working? It's
1: yeah, me yeah. too. I'm like checking all the audio inputs and shit. I'm like, I'm like, I got stuff, I got wires buried. And then finally the music creeps in. And I'm like, this is a musical, right? Like this is a musical and the music doesn't start for like 45 seconds into the to the thing.
5: It's like the shining if they're just driving and there's no <laughs> music. <laughs> So we transition to 1919
2: Paris via a postcard. This is the most, like, it's 2004 and we don't know <laughs> how to put CGI into this movie that doesn't require it. And so, like, we're just going to insert some time travel here. And this is also how the stage show starts, right? It, it's like it's like a, everyone's older and they're cleaning out the opera house and they have this auction. We meet old V. Count Raul de Changy puffy
5: uh, he's wow. like those prosthetics that look like they would taste like circus peanuts <laughs> prove,
2: <laughs> prove to me that's patrick wilson like i can't i can't find him in
5: there yeah feel it
1: <laughs> isn't that you can tell because of the like shaky old person acting he's doing he's like really shaking he Is really a lot? shakes
5: and <laughs> it's like i don't think he's that much older than christine so like he's not he's like Early 70s at the right. latest,
3: right?
2: It's like 30 years after the events of the movie, which <laughs> like, really affected us. Really, yeah,
4: stress can just do insane things to the body. Look at Obama I mean... when he left office <laughs> oh, compared
5: to when he, he left the Opera House. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, also, this is a different time for health. So, you know, I mean, they say like 30 is the new 40, but like, this is the time where 70 was the new 100. So, like if you made it that uh, that old, you were probably going to be a little shaky.
5: Can I tell a brief story about prosthetics? (laughs) Please. So there's one of my favorite adaptations of A Christmas Carol, we'll get into it some other time, is the Henry Winkler one where he plays old man Scrooge and it's a made-for-TV 1970s Christmas Carol called An American Christmas Carol. And his prosthetics are like, They're a little puffy, but like, they're not bad, especially now seeing him as he gets older and looks more like his little guy. (laughs) But when I was a kid, I would spend every Christmas being like, so they must have filmed the stuff with him recently and then had clips of him when he was a younger man. (laughs) But how would the camera quality be the same? Because I had never seen like that was my first exposure to Henry Winkler was his old Scrooge and it blew my mind
1: and that was your first go-to and not like wow they got henry winkler's dad in here
5: no, yeah, I I'd never seen Henry Winkler. I'd never seen Happy Days. I was like, this is a great Scrooge, and and crazy they thought to get that footage of him as a younger man.
1: <laughs> you, you literally thought they boyhooded it.
5: I thought they boyhooded a Christmas <laughs> Carol. I
4: googled some images. It looks like they did that technique with the prosthetics where you take like tissue paper and put uh, liquid latex on it. Like, <laughs> yeah,
3: like it's, not, it's like
4: that real, really like, amateur. Skinny.
2: It's not I great. Mean, like that's like literally what we did in the high school theater. Production
0: really that we really is. So it's today. believable
5: to a child. <laughs> it was cotton balls. You're right. Oh my god. It is real, like dry looking. You know, mm-hmm. just like give the guy some water. It's like oh. a really
4: pronounced
5: brow. And that's how I feel about Michael Wilson's rowel for some things.
1: Oh, the oh, Patrick Wilson.
5: Patrick Wilson. Michael yeah. Wilson. Somebody else.
1: I think Patrick Wilson is like truly one of the more underrated actors uh, of our sort of era and yet this is the movie where like I don't give a fuck about him Where, like he's not actually doing that much except singing kind of beautifully kind of
2: yeah he's
5: like he's doing enough for Raoul and not like a super like cool guy like you don't want him to be like you need like a James Marsden not a Hugh Jackman to play Raoul oh i know we're gonna get there but
2: like i want to i want to put a pin in this conversation for when we talk about like the sword pl- fight that
5: they like <laughs> you all said sword fight, and i agree the sword with fight. that <laughs> <The sword play>.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're gonna keep coming back to this flash forward as it were like throughout the movie which has not happened in the play as i remember it it's just no. the opening scene
2: so so and i don't think we this... need
1: any of it if i'm being honest with you
2: right i so, disagree okay. but so oh. this scene ends and i'm just gonna finish so the auctioneer like they're they're auctioning off the chandelier and then when the auction starts the chandelier raises back and it sort of like throws us back in time to 1870 and all of the dust that's been in the theater and all the like decrepitness flies away once again some 2004 shit like w- literally in my notes I wrote down like I would like Joel Schumacher to get to do some of that George Lucas shit where he goes in and just like fixes this scene <laughs> <laughs> technology that we have today because it 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 looks so bad and I just
1: yeah but then the sword fight will have flashlights instead
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a lens flare in it <laughs>
4: Did you know that it, it took me several viewings of this movie to realize that the Madame Giri in the beginning was not supposed to be Madame Giri that we see in the movie? It's supposed to be Meg Giry as an old lady? Really? Wait, no, there's yes. no way. Really? Yes.
5: Yeah, I been- kind of remember that messing with me in my head yep. and being like, I don't accept it. <laughs>
4: yep. So instead of putting the actress who played Meg in old people makeup, they just used Miranda Richardson. And yeah. Madame Giri is Meg Giri, but as an old
1: woman. Maybe this is my fault for not catching this, but is Meg Madame Giri's daughter, biological yes. daughter? Yes.
3: yes. Okay. okay. All right. But we uh, don't
5: know who the dad is. I think it should be the Phantom and that should be uh, a little side story that I could write.
1: That <laughs> I think that'd be perfect for you, honestly. Love conquers some.
5: <laughs> S-U-M and she loves math. <laughs>
2: There's a moment that um oh oh so there's a moment in the overture when the strings come in. And that is mm. just like the moment when this musical lets you know that it fucks. Like it yeah. is like, hey, we're here for you now. And another like adaptation y thing that I want to talk about is that um this movie takes the chance to like really explore like backstage of the opera house mm, in yeah. a way. That is so fun. And I what I noticed when we were watching it was that like that moment when the strings hit is the moment that we first get that like backstage of the opera house moment. Oh, beautiful. You can like oh, smell it. That's one yeah, of the things yes. about
5: Phantom is it's a very tactile like they go up and over that chandelier. And I cannot tell you the hours I spent as a kid looking at the picture of that chandelier because it's a lot of like goblins pulling women's boobs out, which like as an eight-year-old is kind (laughs) of like, and I would think to myself, like, I bet those girls in the chandelier were like all ready to pose. And then they were like, when the clock strikes, that's when you're solidified into gold. So just be ready. And they're ready for like hours and then the clock strikes and that's when the goblins come. And they're like, Great. Now we all have our boobs out forever in the chandelier. That's another <laughs> side story fan fiction that I should get on writing for a bitch of the opera.
1: See, I think there's a chandelier where they all pose nice with the goblins. And then I think that the chandelier maker was like, all right, let's do a fun <laughs> do one. A
5: silly one. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to tell the listener that like, so Phantom is made out, if, you, if you're not going to watch Phantom, if you're just listening to us, describe it. There's a lot of musical numbers that are musical numbers from fake plays that they are rehearsing um which which i think was i think it was sort of a barrier for me at least when i saw it live the first time that like you're ready for like an I want number or for someone to sing about their feelings. But it's like fully 15, 20 minutes into the musical before <laughs> anyone sings anything personal. And <laughs> instead, it's just like these people singing songs from a fake musical that Andrew Lade Weber wrote because he can never, uh, at least in the things I've seen, he always finds a way to make theater. He's more like, more the, theatery. Yeah, it is yeah. yeah. like
5: writing the West Wing, but instead of political buildings, it's just <laughs> a, oh, backstage. And then you go into this room and there's murky. He promises oh and then over God. here it stinks of costumes. <laughs> I swear to God,
2: we get like a walk and talk in this movie too. When they, when we watch like Bouquet going through all the flies and stuff, oh, that's yeah. such a good Prima Donna is mean, kind of
1: a walk and talk
3: too.
4: Yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be fake place because like what's Andrew Lloyd Webber gonna put in there? Like Starlight Express?
3: Like <laughs> they're just
4: gonna be rehearsing and they're gonna be trains. It wouldn't work, it wouldn't, it wouldn't gel.
5: It'd be fun if he was like testing out cats <laughs>
4: <laughs> did
5: cats predate i forget our dates which where is this in the uh,
4: andrew lloyd webber like compendium or his repertoire
5: i found uh, out about cats second but i don't know if I that has Kat anything Kat's to do with real first. timelines
0: 81 cats, yeah cats 81. goes yeah, in
1: 81 yeah. and this phantom guy is goes 86, in 86. Yeah. And I think Starlight Express is also 86. Like I think they go up kind of concurrently, which is wild because he puts up this gr- this big grand thing. And then he puts up this thing where people are on, on roller skates going choo choo.
4: I've never seen Starlight Express, but I don't think they go choo choo. <laughs> well
5: prove it. Andy. <laughs> prove it. Choo choo. Choo choo. And then when they're skating, they go humma a num a choo choo. <laughs> That's the whole opening number. And people yeah. go nuts for it. It's like the blue man group.
1: I love I love humma num numba. Parentheses choo choo. Choo
5: choo. Track number two. And then there's reprise in the back. <laughs> choo choo. It's, it's like Whoa, slower it and more introspective. Now. We've learned something since we just went humma numma numma. We didn't take our time to appreciate the choo choos. Now we're going to sing them slower. Basically, the first
1: person we meet is Carlotta. Uh,
5: Carlotta Guidicelli played by Minnie Driver. In but, not just,
4: sung, but, not but
2: not sung, sung by Driver. No
5: by I looked Driver. that up first thing and it yeah. was like a commonly googled like did Minnie Driver sing and Shampoo? and it was like
3: yeah. ew. Yeah
5: I feel she- like this movie existed before
2: IMDb was like as popular as it is now too and I remember like it was like a while before I learned that Minnie Driver didn't sing and devastating
5: but she did the Disney pop song at the end they let her Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote her a special Disney pop song that she could sing at the end not like Carlotta
1: I uh, will I'll have more information on that song later uh but for now I'll say that like when she started singing stuff immediately turned me and said she's the only person who's not doing her real voice and I was like well this better be a hell of a fucking performance if she's not singing and it is folks it, it is <laughs> it's fucking it's earned. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of fun in this movie. Mm-hmm. She says mm-hmm. she's
5: channeling a Venetian neighbor that she had growing up as a kid. I yeah, love that. And but I wonder
1: how offended that neighbor would be <laughs> <laughs> if she heard her doing this accent.
2: I feel like every time, maybe... I don't want to offend you, Andy, with this comment, so mm-hmm. I apologize, but I do feel like every time I'm doing like a comical Italian accent, that mini Driver's performance in this movie is like what I'm channeling. So we meet Carlotta, uh, the theater is preparing for Hannibal, the theater manager is retiring, uh, and we meet the new theater owners, Fearman and Andre. Um, uh, obsessed with them like Statler and Waldorf from day one. I need to talk about Kieran Hines as Fearman or Andre. I don't know which one he is. And his hair, his hair is perfect. He has this, like this poof that is like ahead of its time. And I just, I love it. And he's perfect. He's
5: perfect. And I had this moment where I was watching him because I've always really liked those guys. And I couldn't figure out if Simon Woods was Andre. And then I found out he was, and he fully exposes himself in room with a view and really made an impression on me when I was watching that movie at Groupon. You think it's all like, <laughs> you know, fuddling around ladies in dresses. And then all of a sudden three dudes are fully naked, including Julian Sands and him. And it was like, he's an impressive guy. And so he's Andre. <laughs> and then I'm like, he's the best. Who's going to be Fearman? And then I had this moment where I was like, there's something so pleasant about his mouth. Why do I like his mouth so much? I recognize his mouth. <laughs> Captain Wentworth from the Anne Root Persuasion, which is maybe the best Persuasion adaptation. And so I was like, this was made for me. I love this casting for my two guys, my two special guys that I played both of because my friend was playing Christine.
1: I caught, I caught um, bits of that, but even Tina seemed confused about persuasion. extremely extremely confused can but... you explain what persuasion is
5: oh it's a jane austen and it was her last most like mature work about patience and silence and for us little you know weebly romantics it's like intensely romantic than that they're like mostly separated the entire time and, like not talking to each other mm-hmm. and it's hard to get a character like that right as a protagonist And so seeing him having successfully played that and being Fearman, I was just like, this guy's, uh, he's good. Might have to look into more of his work.
1: I know. So I, I know, uh, Kieran, Kieran Hines put it, had a great turn last year in Belfast that he was nominated for an Oscar for, uh, Mm. and then Simon Callow, who is playing Andre, uh, I know as the villain (laughs) from Ace Ventura, when nature calls
5: (laughs) (laughs) so many entries,
1: (laughs) but yeah they they are truly great they are sattler and waldorf and they are like they they're i would argue the most working part of this movie and the most working part of the casting maybe many driver aside
5: do you all think that fearman and andre are in love and if so 100%. is it surface level or beneath
4: no so ca- canonically they do have wives, right? I mean in the in the musical and Grace and Frankie. Right. Which is not to say, I mean, one so of the guys at
5: Brokeback Mountain.
4: Right. Like viewing it as them as a gay couple is the better viewing of it, right? Uh Sir Lloyd Webber does not agree, but he is wrong. So. when we and the the production that we costumed because it was
2: a high school production and they don't have never have enough boys, they made it a, a heterosexual couple and made one of them she was Madame fearman and and her husband Andre. It went okay not the I, I girls enjoyed were, it yeah. It, but Mr. it also Jake. like it didn't take any editing of their lines or their like blocking to make it seem like they were a married couple. There was <laughs> there was
4: one change in the lines I remember. And instead of look my friend, what we have here, it was look my love, what we have here. And that was like the only line change that they did
1: in the entire. I
5: thing. wish they'd do that in the family <laughs> now and then have a little, oh, did I no. say
3: that
1: <laughs> They were like, Oh, did you get this letter? And they're like, Oh, of course I did. We live together. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, 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 bl- 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 I told you to <laughs>
1: It's
5: another side story. How about we just released a book of short stories loosely related to the, the, the
4: phantom, phantom that's, that's yeah. called that's called fanfiction.net. It's called with a own, PH.
2: <laughs> so we meet Fearman and Andre. Um and we also meet Raul uh who this isn't where he shows up on the stage show but like i do sort of like it i like that he like gets to be a part of this there's nothing this is a good change i think um The only thing that I don't like about it is that we then see Christine like whispering to Meg um, and we get like her couple lines of exposition about it. (laughs) But this is like now the first way that we see Christine in this production is her like talking about how hot that's Chappy.
5: He's a robot. There's no, it is like, of... I was like, are we seeing Christine? Like she should be like coming down the stairs right? weakly and like having someone like push her a little. Yes, she should be like some kind of afraid.
4: There's a lot of exposition in this scene, a lot of it. And it's, it's Christine. Oh, you I guess you could say we were childhood sweethearts. <laughs> and then you have the the managers creeping on the ballet dancers so that we, the audience, know, oh, Meg's my my only child, Meg. Uh, Marina Richardson, the only person doing a French accent in this entire movie. <laughs> this oh, movie that right. takes well, place in Gerard Paris. Gerard Butler <laughs>
5: attempts at times. <laughs> Gerard
4: Butler, close. I don't think it's on purpose, though. I think it's oh, just happening, it. right? Truly, he like, was I was
2: hanging out there. I was,
1: like, Googling, where the fuck is Gerard Butler from? <laughs> right.
2: Like, I couldn't figure <laughs> out
1: what accent he was doing. I was like, okay he's Welsh, that's, Scottish, British that's that what it,
4: sense. it just sounds like that when you live in the catacombs so everyone you hear is just kind of muddled and right. you can't really fully hear them and then uh, Madame J oh that's Christine Day, his, his, only, his only child and she's like a daughter to me and like she he was a violinist idolatry. who used to play
5: for the stars and she, a dancer, now seems to do a lot of stuff with this company, it's sure wild I guess we'll have to see what happens, it's like <laughs> let it go that's like we can use our eyes right. <laughs> yeah
1: and it'd be one thing if they did all that to make this thing shorter, but this thing is still two hours and 21 minutes long. Right.
4: Did they think that audiences were like too dumb? Because we get it in context. or I forget what the dialogue is in the stage show, but like we get we get the exposition, but not that blatantly.
1: Now, I will say this. I'm following the plot at this point. The, I, guess, I think
5: I that there was the some talking to the husbands in the product testing where they were like, "A lot of the guys aren't really understanding who anybody is at the top," and a lot, <laughs> and it's annoying them that their wives are just like "shh", shh and not explaining. <laughs> so maybe at the beginning we could just say who everybody is really quick. Okay, then we'll Sounds put another great. million
2: into the production. Thanks. <laughs> they try to like get a little preview of things, and Carlotta refuses to perform because um, she, among other things, hates her hat, and- um... <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> and uh, I hate them, my hat. A uh... <laughs> <laughs> um And we see a mysterious hand make a, a set piece fall on her and she throws a whole fit and everyone's like whispering about the opera ghost and uh then she runs away and they're gonna have to cancel the performance and and because they don't have a star and Madame Giri says oh Christine Christine, I can't I can't even do it
4: Christine so so back up though because a thing that I I pointed out in my notes that stop your thing Steph. let me go back do <laughs> it. <I love> it. <laughs> The thing that I pointed out was in the in we get bouquet. They ask, you know, bouquets, what what's going on? And in the stage show, bouquet sings this part, you know, please, monsieur, don't look at me. And this, he's like, don't look at me, like. Um, but an interesting thing is that we don't hear non-diegetic
1: singing until until Christine gets back to her chamber right so
2: interesting up until this point everything has been has been diegetic right I also wrote that down and like it's the first so it's the first time we get like this thing that's been like so clearly translated from song into just dialogue and like the music is playing and the score below him as he says it and he also says Mm -hmm. it in rhyme and like sort of does that thing like when people speak Shakespeare where they like kind of break the rhyme but not enough and it just sounds weird I hated it
4: It they do it a a few times yeah Yeah, they do it a few times and it I I'm trying to figure out what the reasoning was behind it there was Um, one point
1: where Gerard Butler says some weird couplet and stuff turns to me and she's like that's because Gerard Butler couldn't hit that note (laughs)
5: <laughs> He's not going to try that one. I felt like they kept it a little bit like weird and disjointed in times where the Phantom wasn't artistically or creatively involved. So like
3: whenever everyone's just doing their own
5: thing, it's a little disjointed. But when she goes to her chamber, she has a very strong connection with him. Then the music seeps in and then it amplifies the more she's amplified within the company. So like at the beginning, it would make sense if it's a little dry and a little like not cool.
4: I mean, do you know what the yeah, answer probably him. probably is for real, though? It's I think it's just that the actor who they cast, and he's from Pirates of the Caribbean. What is his name? Kevin McNally. Okay. I don't think Kevin McNally could sing because he doesn't sing later in the dormitories, does he either?
3: Um, no, he's he telling, telling does, the girls. a growling. He's just kind of talks to yeah. 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 Hey, you ladies, what do you think?
5: <laughs> I'm in your bedroom talking about a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I will reprimand you in front of everybody. <laughs> he really yeah, slaps you. Yeah. She slaps him like I would have reshot that. I thought her slap was not good, but I'm, you know, you I, I, th- I think the, the, the big show doesn't chop as loud as he could with those big old hands. So maybe I'm a slap queen.
1: This is we're finally getting wrestling references in on this podcast, and I'm so glad oh, for yeah? it. Sorry, yeah. Tina. It's
5: okay. <laughs> I had another one. Um Marty said that Patrick Wilson is the Dolph Ziggler of actors in that he's had many entrance <laughs> ramps, but he's always been on the same highway. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't understand the reference, but I love the he's, enthusiasm. He's
1: always there at the Royal Rumble, but you know he's not gonna win. It's right.
5: just to, like the idea of someone who's like set up so many times. You're like, this might be the guy, and it's like, <laughs> not the guy. But like, he could be. He's gonna keep trying at it.
1: You never he's know. Show Gerard Butler is of
5: girls. <laughs> Gerard yeah. Butler
1: is somehow the Sheamus, where he's just had he's <laughs> he's doing great now somehow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to back to musicals. All right. Bring it back. Bring it back. Please. Um, bring it back now, y'all. Why well, not this time? <laughs> um, okay. So, oh, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about here. So, we get that that moment where, like, now everyone realizes Christine could sing, and it transitions into the performance of Think of Me um where again they've made just like their first bold costume choice this is the one that i like there are other ones that i hate and this is the only one that i'm like fine you could you could make a choice here this is fine but why do this is andy's observation and i am stealing it from him why do they like christine like she (laughs) is a force ghost in this entire movie Good question. and this is yeah. its first appearance and it's like what are you
5: trying to accomplish she
1: is lit when she is singing in hannibal she is lit like she is going to tell luke to use the force honestly
5: i think that andrew lloyd weber really liked the way that sarah brightman looked all washed out because every time <laughs> i've ever seen her anywhere She's been lit so white. And then her big blue eyes are just little orb lamps shining out. And I think he thinks that women just need to be lit like that because Sarah Brightman was so striking. Again, I'm throwing out a lot of conjectures and I don't have any trademarks on these as uh, IMDb facts. They're just ideas.
1: (laughs) I don't have any proof that Andrew Lloyd Webber was in there fiddling with the lights on Joel Schumacher's movie.
4: <laughs> Rider. Go <Rider>. Go <laughs> you, you don't need to prove it. You just don't need to prove that he didn't do it, yeah. right?
2: The burden of proof. He didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after the performance, Christine tells her best friend Meg Giri that she is being coached by a tutor she calls the Angel of Music. Christine reunites with Raoul, in whom she confides that she has been visited by the Angel of Music. Her deceased father promised he would send her after his death. So right away, Christine is just establishing that like she has a buddy, she has an invisible angel friend who is her <laughs> proxy father.
1: Her
4: deceased father in this movie, played by Ramin Well, uh,
1: All three of you just shot your hands up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give it up.
4: Because the
2: thing is, okay. Like, had he been in Phantom at this point? Like, why? I need to know what this connection
4: is, because it
2: feels... I think
1: he's just a Broadway actor or something at this point. I, th- I think he, he ends up on playing... the West
4: End. Yeah, I don't think he had come to Broadway at that point, but Fair I think enough. he was just, Raul. like, an actor.
1: Yeah. He's
5: played he play Phantom, Raul? and yeah. he's played the dad, so therefore he's played the trifecta of Christine's loves, and that's, <laughs> that's why I was insane. like, he, he got in Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> it's more
4: of a... He's, I... Reg...
1: <laughs> Raul Eric Gustav. So it, wait, so he does have a name. His name is Gustav. Yeah. It's definitely in the credits of this movie credited as Christine's father.
5: No. But it's Gustav. Like you it's see Gustav a little like, on his, like plate. Or like, and it's on yeah. his grave. It's on his grave.
1: He is, not to take it back to wrestling, but he. I, I, the reason though I know his name at all is because he is apparently starring in a wrestling musical. Uh, that's that's coming to Broadway. Maybe or we can Broadway all
5: come together on the wrestling musical. <laughs> yes,
1: please. you guys, you guys go ahead.
5: Um, wow. Wrestling's just <laughs> musicals for boys. Ramine. It's just the action of musicals with the coordination. It's all a Venn diagram yeah. of creativity. Yeah.
1: But so, okay, so here's my question: the fan, her dad promised her this angel of music, and then the Phantom shows up, and is is there an actual connection there or is the phantom just like using this thing
5: when he got to heaven he would send the angel of music to her and to me it's kind of like a goofy movie of like yeah i'm gonna be on stage with powerline actually and like i think her dad got there and was like they're like we have this demon from hell that like could maybe do singing lessons like he's pretty good that's the best we can offer you and he's like yeah can i say hi to the angel music they're like No, he's playing a secret chord for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's secret though. You can't hear it.
1: It's H minor. You probably haven't heard of it. H
5: minor. But yeah, I'm I'm, like, does Eric does Eric, does the
4: Phantom know that like he is like how would he have found out about that?
1: That's my question. It just maybe like like Meg, she was
4: talking to Meg and she was just like, or is this the first time she's telling Meg about? You know when she's like, "Oh, he's," I studying, think this is you know? the first time Meg finds out. But like what about if the she's phantom, just but like... maybe
1: she had talked to Meg about the the angel of music thing. No, and that's maybe, what it was. Is yeah, maybe the, the phantom heard angel it.
4: Angel of music is that the first time that Meg is hearing about her angel of music? I think so because oh, yeah, okay. but it's not Raoul's it.
5: first time because he joins her in a harmony about the angel huh? of music, sings songs in our heads or something like. He was kind of like into it when they were kids, which makes me think that Christina's had a psychic connection to the man, Eric, the Phantom, her like whole life through some weird musical thing. And now he's just capitalizing on it because her dad's gone and she's vulnerable. Right.
4: Maybe the Angel of Music was like a thing throughout her childhood. So instead of him like on his diet, like his death being like, I'm gonna send you the Angel of Music, and she's like, the what? Like that's not the first. Right, that's not the
2: first she's hearing of it. And then maybe the first time that the Phantom like talks to her from behind a mirror, she's just like, is it the Angel of Music? And he's like, uh, yeah,
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. (laughs) Yeah,
5: Yeah. what do you like, Harry Potter? I could do that guy.
1: Is that so is that what happens next? Is, it, is the mirror?
5: Yeah,
2: so um Christine is in her dressing room and Raoul has gone and we've seen a hand like appear and lock the door from the outside. <laughs> um crazy. and then we also see Madame Giri like see that hand, which is more explicit
4: this movie does a lot with like showing us Madame Jiri knows Where in the stage show it's just kind of implied a few times that she kind of knows what's going on but this movie really needs to show us
5: his ex-girlfriend and she was like listen I just don't want to like be down there doing the singing like touching stuff anymore but like you can live here and like if you want to the I'll, other dancers I'll let you prey on the other dancers, that's fine. Just
2: like, you not know. I mean, the,
4: the, the, the movie does give us like a, a backstory for them, right? That like she was yeah. the one who saved him. Yeah. As in the stage show, she's just telling us about
1: it. But when they called him the devil's child, <laughs> he has half of his face slightly burned. He is and the like, devil's barely,
5: child. Barely and like his eyeball just like this anime jerks. pulled open a little bit as a goof. <laughs> That was, that was
4: literally a dude in that scene of like the scary carnival freaks is like pulling his eyelids. And, like, that's his, <laughs> and that's low his budget. Body. We didn't have a budget for freaks. They've got like a bearded lady, a dude swallowing swords, a guy who pulls his eyelids a little bit. Can
5: anyone put their fist in their mouth? Come on, guys,
3: let's work together.
1: <laughs> they're like at craft service. It's just like, hey, who's got who? They're What's going got? through special skills on their resume. You do like,
5: a cartwheel.
1: Kazoo, kazoo. We need the kazoo guy. Mike, drink this employee. ranch.
2: <laughs> And then back in the room, Phantom appears through a mirror and like we get our first Joel Schumacher likes to do this like angle the camera thing to like show you that something's weird. Um, And this is, I think, the first appearance of that. Um, And then, yeah, so we get we get Christine. We got the, the scene where Phantom leads Christine like down the lair and we even get the lake and they go across on the boat. There's Wait, a horse. part. There it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Why? Where so was that? Okay. There's but, yeah. a horse
0: for upwards of Do they belong feet.
2: to the theater? Like are they <laughs> right? the opera? Where operas? does this horse come I think from? it's his does horse. He have a, yeah. Does he have like a stable? Like does he have a hay guy? Someone okay, give so it
1: to him? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, for, first of all, so for, wait, let's let's go back to the mirror for a second, Bob, because this is a moment that when I saw it in the stage show, I gasped out loud because all mm. of a sudden the mirror turns and, and the Phantom is standing on the other side of it. You, it could trick. not, yes, but it could not be less exciting in this movie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is like not at all. A You're thing right, that's it cool. is much
5: better live. They were just kind of like, <laughs> Hey. <laughs> hey, it's me. Back <laughs> uh, so on the mirror. <laughs>
1: but then the banger of the of the show, the title song, starts. It is, I, I think it's without a doubt the best song in the show, and and just a run a breakaway pop hit. And then, uh, Christine sings it as the phantom walks her down into his lair. And then, uh, there's the horse for again, 15, 20 feet before they get on a boat. And then he has this beautiful Eagle bed. He has all these candles and I'm like, how does he get all this shit? And then I remembered he's blackmailing the theater for what is it? 20,000, 20,000. Yeah. 20,000, 1875 a month.
5: And yeah, I think with inflation, you're probably onto something there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's more than enough to afford a horse and care for that horse. And like
5: 97,000 candles.
1: Oh my God. Let me tell you something. When he he pulls back that wax uh, figure of Christine, I mean, I looked at that thing and I looked at all the candles all around and I'm like, this guy buys wax in bulk. He has a (laughs) wax guy and that's part of what that he's spending 20,000 francs a month on, on wax The
4: thing that you don't get which you get in the stage show that I really enjoy seeing is in this song you get doubles so that the people who play Christine and the Phantom can get to the little boat in time so like they have to leave and then you get people dressed up like them dimly lit like also I love those stage tricks like that so just having to watch actual Phantom and Christine like their full faces go <laughs> down to the lair I wasn't into it but also can we talk about how like they have a hallway with like arms holding candelabras yeah. like moving like what was that supposed to be well and
1: he's ordering also... those out of his spencer's gift catalog with his twenty thousand francs on mine
4: he's got like audio you animatronics see, down there
5: right he's yeah. got we the carousel see...
4: progress guy
5: like, it really I like this stuff.
4: <laughs>
2: it's paris in the future <laughs> Um, we also see later Meg like finds the, the like mirror trap and goes in there and when she goes in there it's just a gross hallway. Oh. So like there seems to imply that there's like some sort of you, he like he's like do doing a little he production. Did, like-
4: Okay, do you remember, Steph, you do remember, in Appleton North (laughs) High School's production of Phantom in the Opera, it couldn't be sexy. So it couldn't be like the Phantom is like getting her with a sexiness. It was he had literal magic. And so he would take glitter out of his pocket and like throw it and then... (laughs) that would be like the (laughs) phantom's magic doing
5: wow i can't believe the light tricks in my eyes (laughs) yeah
4: um which like became a meme on tumblr with like the glitter phantom like somebody made a gif of it and it it happened for a while um so is he doing like magic to like entrance her and then she sees those
5: things i I think it's force. i think it's force connection i think it's Mm. like he can show her more than is actually there like this is kind of what i see the layers like but old little non shining Meg over there, she wouldn't see it. You shouldn't even be talking to her. I dated her mom.
4: Pause. Pause. But on that point, how old is the Phantom supposed to be in relation to Christine? Because in in the stage show, her Jiri's like, oh, it was years ago. There was a man locked in a cage, and in this one, it's a boy. So he's like the same age as Madame Jiri. How old is this guy supposed to be?
1: Well, like what, like 18,
4: 19, right? like, what I do know
1: for sure is that uh, Andrew Lade Weber in an interview in 2021 uh, said that he thought that Joel Schumacher cast too young on the Phantom and that he thinks the Phantom should have been older, which is gross to me because Gerard Butler is full on 35 uh, when this movie is filmed and Emmy Rossum is full on 16 when this movie is filmed. There's 20 years between Gosh. them.
5: Uh, yeah i think the phantom is kind of a like a mr rochester figure and jane eyre and christine are kind of similar figures where they're like i would put him in their uh, 20s and then put him in their 40s <laughs> yeah i feel the scene is
1: apparently meant to be 16 and is played by an actual 16 year old here in emmy rossom
5: she almost didn't leave her family reunion to sing for andrew lloyd <laughs> Webber because her mom said no was she really oh. 16 or was that like a joke that just
4: went over my no, head?
1: No, she, is, no, she, she is, is 16 when they start filming.
4: When they're filming. Wait till you hear yeah. about the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm thoroughly grossed out now. I'm glad I didn't
5: know that when I was watching the. the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it truly so much like Marty's little niece that I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" It's like Sarah's really killing it in the in the college <laughs> musical.
4: Back in the '80s, Sarah was killing it in this musical. Sarah
1: Brightman. <laughs> <Ew>. That's right. <laughs> and Emmy Rossum, by the way, is the best singer in the cast, probably. Right.
5: A beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. Yeah, Latina any... is
1: not impressed.
4: I made so, some non-committal head gestures. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like what we were talking about earlier with the the like they made a choice to to go not like full voice stage sounding people in all of these roles and like given that choice I think Emmy Rossum is like handily the best one and like is is like doing exactly what she needs to be doing as Christine here. Yeah, which is so
5: they impressive. talked about they talked about casting Anne Hathaway, but she couldn't do it because of like the Princess Diaries or something like that.
1: It was because of Princess Diaries to royal engagement.
5: Oh, that's <laughs> right. The royal engagement was happening. Yeah. I just think it'd be so funny if someone did do a version where they just had everyone sing like really theatrically. And that's where I would have cast her as Christine. And just, you know, uh-huh. for maybe a college humor, six minute video, uh-huh. we don't need to do the uh-huh. whole thing.
1: Well, we go right into music of the night the Phantom reveals the wax figurine of of Christine, which is definitely just Emmy Rossum with some shit on her face.
4: Greased up a little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had also forgotten this because I'm so used to the the Royal Albert Hall performance where they don't have that. She just kind of like, faints. And so when I, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't remember that that was happening. And then it was like a jump scare when all of a sudden it was like (laughs) the Emmy Rossum, like mannequin. That Um, did
5: get me a little bit too, where I was like, it's a mirror trick.
4: (laughs)
1: And Sarah, this is probably, this is probably too old of a wrestling reference, even for you. But when I was a kid, the undertaker left a casket at ringside during one of Diesel's matches, Kevin Nash, and then Kevin Nash opens the casket and he himself was in the casket. And <gasps> it was one of the most fucking freaky things I've ever seen. That's and now I wonder crazy. if like Bruce Pritchard went and saw Phantom of the Opera
3: <laughs> on Broadway.
1: They all seep like, into each
3: other. Like people would say uh-huh. that
5: Vince would like come into the booking room and be like, okay, I saw the mask this weekend. What are we going to do with it? <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, she faints. She the Phantom puts her in his giant eagle bed that he ordered out of uh, you know the American Shopper catalog, and then she wakes up and he's got it. Does he have his mask off, or she takes it off? No, she he's uh, off.
5: angrily playing the organ. I think about uh-huh. this a lot because I feel like that's how so many dates with these you know, heartfelt artists go where you're like, wow, you really (laughs) dazzled me with your, you know, big ideas. And then you like catch them in an off moment. And they're like, you're like, I don't really know like where I am or what happened, but, um, Bye then he kind of gets a little uh, scrambly bambly and she's <laughs> just trying to get to know him better and uh he takes the curse you you little like delilah i used to listen to that and be like i hope no one from my family hears me because i don't think this is an appropriate song to listen to but plot wise it's necessary because she did take his mask off without his consent
1: it's true and and again Amen. his face is slightly disfigured so her reaction makes sense
5: It
2: really used to bother me how he gets, like, like both times in this movie, he takes the mask off, but this time it's, like, just, like, a little bit of disfigurement on his face. And then when it happens later, it's, like, much more, and also his hair for some reason. Why did he get
5: blonde and, like, hair thinning?
4: It's, I mean, we, it's a wig. They don't explain it well, but, like, he, Eric wears a wig. Oh, so
3: it's it's a a wig in k right? Right. Okay.
4: Yeah. But she, only, she only got the mask. She didn't also get the wig and maybe maybe he glued and it later. down really well on the lace. Like It was really fun late to run, watch it yeah. just
5: continue going and like <laughs> Christine oh, this <stop. laughs> sucks ow, ow 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 my burns <laughs> So they
2: have that moment um, but then they have a little moment of understanding and uh, he returns her to the theater I don't think he sings this here, but it's one of my favorite moments where he goes, those two fools who run my theater must be missing you.
4: He like (laughs) rushes through it.
2: Yeah, he just growls it. (laughs) And then we get notes. I was so worried that we weren't going to get notes. We only got
4: one note, though. I know, we only got one note.
1: So this is the song where they all get letters from the phantoms?
2: so yeah mm-hmm. so the phantom is sending uh, mystery letters first we see andre and fearman and they're um just like sort of routine like how to run the theater um and like a a, a really uh, passive aggressive thing like hey just reminding you that my salary is due and like if you don't pay me i'll um have a disaster beyond your imagination <laughs> um
5: and then so like if you also- could just do
4: that at your earliest convenience thank you right All
2: the best.
3: my last All the
5: best. wax sealed note <laughs> <laughs> i hope Bible this Bible. note finds you well <laughs> again he's getting twenty
1: thousand francs a month he can have a custom seal made. he
5: had the little right. like setup with the little scoopy spoon and i yeah. never saw the allure of a scoopy spoon wax sealer <laughs> until i saw that and i was like oh that's a you know Balcony of wax, you can have a yeah. big old stamp for He's that. He's
1: got a wax guy. I can't be more clear <laughs> about
5: this. I
4: mean, you joke, but it's the 1800s. Like, there probably is a wax guy, a right? Wax guy. Yeah,
5: Everyone's yeah. got a wax old guy. heat like come,
3: comes through the window.
5: <laughs> I was going to say, Gerard Don't for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets a
2: letter. um Carlotta gets a letter, like, threatening, and she thinks that Raoul sent it, but he didn't. Um, and then they also get a letter telling them to uh, make Christine the lead in Il Muto, another one of the fake uh,
4: operas that they're performing. And Carlotta, oh won't And I love as he's, as he's singing this, he's got his little action figures, he's got <sighs> a little dolls, I and he's like switching want... the heads on it. Mm-hmm. First thing do you I know, it's kind of, I mean, it's natural nice because we can see, we hear from, um, from Madame Giry. Later, you know, he's a genius. He's an architect. We're seeing him designing these, yeah. these sets. He he's got he's the got costumes. a storyboard. He's got a little mini <laughs> chandelier down
2: there. Mm-hmm.
4: He's <laughs> doing the work down there. And <laughs> honestly, I he deserves that twenty thousand if he is designing he's, these shows for this opera. A work. month, I mean...
5: though. What artist gets that? Because that'll sign me up for a grant. <laughs> You get a grant, but you do have to kill a stagehand every month. I do have to you you do have to let the phantom kind of like hold your neck in a way. <laughs> <laughs> he will come and caress you in your sleep. Eric and you he stink. will not tell you. Away. Eric, you smell like what I think the parasite people smell like from the movie when a flood happens. <laughs>
2: So Notes ends and we transition into Prima Donna, which is basically the managers trying to like convince Carlotta to still be
4: their lead. This song used to be in my early days a skip. I was like, um, no, Same. I didn't knew it. I don't like yeah. it. And now I'm like, this is the funniest fucking song in the entire yes. musical. And they also- play
5: it so for laughs in the movie in yes. a way that I don't think I caught as a mm-hmm. kid. Yes. yeah they also
2: the mixing is really good in here I feel like I've never seen a production uh, or even really heard a recording that like gets all of the different lines hardened in a way where you can mm-hmm. hear it right it's it's a very like complicated thing and they really do it I feel like movies do a terrible job. Of capturing these like big group numbers whenever people aren't just in a group together.
1: I do feel like that what you're talking about is is wrong with group numbers happens during masquerade. I think that there are so many people that they're cutting to for individual lines of masquerade that I I get whiplash just trying to even keep keep up while I'm trying to hear what they're
5: saying. You know who does that well is um, Cabin Fever from Muppet Treasure Island. That's one of the best calculated, like, group numbers because it's puppetry. Like, it's the same as, like, you have to plan those moves and plan, yeah. like, I did feel like, though, in both numbers, like, kind of, I was just standing, like, looking at it all. And I think that's a cool, like, Schumacher thing of just, like, you kind of feel like a bewildered person who's a little closer to the action than you want to be. But that's, like, exciting. Yeah.
1: I do. Sarah, I I love that you say that because when I was thinking about how the group numbers like weren't working as much for me, I thought about Little Shop and how good Little Shop is at the group numbers and how that's Frank Oz having that Muppet experience and how he knows how to like have an extra pop out of a window and do a line. And, that, and, it's and like, like it's a
5: perfect focus and then it gives to the next. Like there's something mm-hmm. in Muppet choreography that's just like so precise but so like fun and flexible that it's just like that should be the spirit of every musical is like yeah. hit it like a Muppet musical number and you'll be fine
4: I would love to see that and I said this too about about Little Shop of Horrors I would love to see this musical done by Muppets that would be incredible <laughs> wow I don't want to see a Muppet get murdered but maybe that could they be can like a person the like can you know the it. Muppet That's movies have like some humans <laughs> yeah. right the, the murder yeah, people yeah, yeah. are the people yeah perfect
2: um the only thing that i want to say before we talk about like the production and and the end of act one is that they keep the chords that transition from prima donna into mudo it's like these
3: ba-bum
2: ba ba um and that is the fastest quick change costume wise and those Triggering. chords still trigger me Same. <laughs> like when we were Same. listening oh i,
1: was, like, I never thought no. Mm-hmm.
4: Is so mm-hmm. mad. Agreed, stuff. Every time I hear those chords, I'm like, oh my God, we only have a little time. Run. Get the blush on. Get the blush on. <laughs> gotta go.
1: Gotta go. That's how a lot of comedians feel when they hear the Three Stooges novelty song, The Curly Shuffle. They're like, oh, the club's about to start the show.
5: <laughs> the Curly <laughs> Shuffle really gets them in their
3: seat.
5: <laughs> well, I remember laughing at this, so I guess I'll laugh tonight.
4: You know what I, I had thought when you first said The Curly Shuffle, and and, and I know it's not that. I thought <laughs> it shuffle. was that. No, I thought it was that one that goes Is that Benny penny. <laughs> tien- no? Oh, yeah. <laughs> running through oh
3: that? no, is you were thinking of
5: in the mood. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, okay. I'm out. I'm out. I <laughs> <did finish laughs> dieta- yeah, am not sax. That's Yagony
1: Sax. Dolly Parton played that
5: on the saxophone. I saw her do it on a YouTube video. Dolly Parton. She's like, someone hands her a sax and she's like I was like, she can do anything. Thing.
1: Wow. But
5: well, here was
4: me assuming they would play that before comedy shows to, so, like, get everyone yeah. in the mood for, Yeah,
5: for then they, they chase people around through the tables and <laughs> you're supposed to kind of, like, clap a little.
1: I knew I could believe it, but this blonde got all of her clothes ripped off.
5: <laughs> oh!
1: <laughs> so is this where uh, the Phantom starts pulling, like, little like uh, little rascals pranks on Carlotta? And, yeah. like, putting, so- putting deep voice, deep voice potion? So how he do you do
5: that? How did the toad thing happen? Because as a child... That was where I would like stop listening. I'm like, I don't understand this magic. I don't know how you would prank someone like that. I don't like the idea that I could one day be in a theater and someone would do that to me. You got to <laughs> stay
2: on your toes. Hand at the, the level of your eyes. Hand uh, the
4: level of your eyes. To
5: salute the captain, of course. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, he swaps out. She's got, we see her with this, like that like perfume bottle mister thing that she like missed her throat with. Um, and he swaps them out for um, a, a croak inducing one, I guess. Yeah.
5: What is the, But what's the technology there? Are they, like, just little, like, sound bites? Is it, like, a thing that, that, that grabs they... your esophagus? Like, <laughs> like, a, like is is
4: a paralytic, it? like a, you know, something to kind of freeze your, your vocal cords.
1: I do think it's something that they sell at Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. Oh, that's probably where he
4: got it. <laughs> I was thinking he, he might have gotten it from his wax guy, who was also <laughs> a... <laughs> that's
3: true.
2: <laughs> and this is also R.I.P. Joseph Bouquet. Yeah. Um, we, get, we get the aforementioned like little so this is also int- because it's the movie we see phantom like chasing him we get this yeah. little like chase sequence
5: and like the stage a body yeah you get it in the books drops. though there's definitely a chase in the Ooh. book and i felt like there are a few oh, little that. like pass betweens for movie and book where they're like yeah. with the water rising mm-hmm. and like a couple of those
3: oh yeah i
5: love that
2: so Raúl and Christine run to the roof for some reason
4: in a very uh, very low energy low level of sense of urgency they're just like gotta go there to the was roof like while a lousy
5: 80 yard line of Emmy Russell going <sighs> we're not safe here <laughs> <laughs> we better go up to the roof where it might be safer what like it's not yeah. ever safer on the roof why would we do you have that a helicopter my coming too. is this the end of annie <laughs> i
4: i thought of that and i was like no actually it kind of makes sense because if he's like up in the rafters like hanging people ain't no rafters on the roof my friend and to, you <laughs> to the level of your eyes because he can't come from above No, but I feel like I'm going to say in the stage show, at least 84 times today, but in the stage show, this scene is done on the roof itself. They're already there. They're talking about it. And so I feel like they're like, Joel Schumacher's like, well, we got to get them to the roof. Let's just have them singing while they go there, but not like turn to each other or try and stop or do anything. Just walk leisurely pace to the roof while singing this song.
5: I'm going to get a champagne flute, Raoul. I am. This is today is is testing my patience. Then let's go to the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I have a cigarette up there
3: and it's they say it's where she
5: keeps her join
3: they sing
1: uh, <laughs> under a brick <laughs> they sing uh all i ask of you
2: yeah um and it's fine. big
1: smiles on tina and sarah's faces I, just let in me the me be More
4: freedom right. <laughs> say you love me you know i do you know oh. i do you i know say i all do the time woman i work with uh sort of a my mom's age kind of woman um got married the year that this came out on broadway and and all i ask of you was her like first dance song wow um, she said to me today i said i was i had watched phantom of the opera she goes did you know there's a sequel to the phantom of the opera i was like oh, oh
5: carol i know <laughs> she, i don't even know if we have time to get into it this know. you know what else is happening
2: they're making the, out not the, the chandelier
1: drop no no no, okay. yeah.
4: so
5: you're
2: like we do, I, we don't need to talk about it, but like, you know, the rest of the Phantom sees them and blah,
5: blah, blah. She had to ice we- her lips in between makeout takes because they were kissing so much and then it was cold. But now I'm remembering that she was ah! 16. Yeah. And it feels yeah. like Milo and Otis where I'm like, well, I just have to make that information okay in my brain. I just yeah. have to.
1: You know, they went through 15 Emmy Rossums during the making of this. <laughs> just like Milo and Otis. <laughs>
4: they got to the 16th one. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
5: I just picture the next, like, trembling Emmy just like thrown into a pit. She's like, All I want is freedom, and I hope I get to stay.
1: They like uh, when all the ones that are on deck just play the wax figurine.
5: (laughs) The next Emmy, it's a
4: prestige situation. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just slight time
4: travel manipulation. They dunk them them in the water Raul fell in every time they get a new one.
5: (laughs) That water is just, they just put the blue and green fun dip in regular
4: water. All the liquor sticks are at the bottom of the thing. (laughs)
5: They're getting smaller.
1: You know, I I will say this though, when we saw it live, I found the chandelier drop to be kind of anticlimactic. It it did. It it's something about like they didn't. It just kind of very was clearly on this little pulley.
5: (laughs) controlled yeah it was
1: very controlled it like didn't seem dangerous at all how
5: was the high school production was it a pretty dangerous looking it 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 actually was good it
4: was cool we were like one of the first shows the first high schools that did phantom of the opera and so the company that we had contracted to do it built the chandelier for us and we were like their pilot program and it looked like pretty accurate to the broadway now granted it didn't go over the audience. It just kind of went and kind oh, of Oh, that over the bit. audience
5: moment, like took my breath that's away. The, that's uh-huh, the thing. I uh-huh. think,
4: I think Andy, it was underwhelming. You have to be at a certain place in the audience. I think you need to be sort of underneath it, but you can still see it coming. So better you're not sheet, like right Andy. under, right. Better <laughs> seats. And 2019 Steph, can you please shell out for some better
1: seats?
2: <laughs> no, I have <laughs> no money then or now. Please support our, please Patreon. go to our
1: Patreon. <laughs> but I do want to mention also that, that there's a point where Raul, future Raul, you know, 19-whatever Raul, he's remembering buying Christine's engagement ring with her. Oh,
2: it's now. It's now. It's this.
1: Oh, okay, it's, good.
2: That's Great. Where we go. Here it is, right here. Great. So, and it, so, so rather uh, than dropping the chandelier, we get the another 1919 interstitial with Raul that Andy Which, would. according
4: to Andy, the equally exciting uh, thing to the chandelier dropping is them buying an engagement <laughs> ring.
3: What a, well, a
1: What's the... Fun- <laughs> What's what's fun to me about this scene is that they're at a Swarovski's crystal store when he (laughs) buy. that's what he buys the ring for. And that's because Swarovski, Swarovski, I can't say it. Swarovski. Swarovski made the chandelier for this movie. And so they get this very anachronistic Uh. product placement. And We're to bring like, it full
5: circle, Swarovski was the warehouse Groupon goods deal that made me finally just quit Groupon. I Aww.
1: I used to have to type that word so much at Groupon when I worked there. <laughs> uh, that's what, that's the only reason I know what Swarovski is, is because every everything had Swarovski crystals on
3: it.
4: Is that just a <laughs> Chicago thing that people work at Groupon? Especially
1: comedy people.
5: Comedians. It's like, yeah. it's like one of we the comedy. We all got brought yeah. in by like one guy knew a bunch of comedians. They're yeah. like, you can get them on phones. You can put them in editorial. They're nope. desperate. They'll do anything. If this is a startup, <laughs> burn your money on improvisers Up, so up, up like, and away. Yeah. It's
1: like comedians in Chicago, like start as dog walkers, then we work at Potbelly, and then we go to Group on Museum of Science and
5: Industry. There's a that's a little side quest that I also completed that a lot of people
4: did. That one's <laughs> right. an optional miscellaneous quest. You actually have to go into the menu to find it, but you can.
1: So then what do we got? We got we open on another musical. Yes, oh no, masquerade. Okay. We got masquerade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. So we
2: come back and it's it's three months later um I don't think we'd have any way of knowing that in the chat. there's like one throwaway line um and the it's
4: throwaway it's- line is three months <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's a masquerade ball Christine mm. and Rowell are engaged now
5: uh, secretly
2: secretly he's because- being a little another- whiny
5: about that okay like, can we
2: talk happened. about yes he says a secret engagement. What have we to hide? And like, how is she not like? We have to hide from the fucking murder. Did you not just
1: be in the last
5: me? scene with me, idiot? Three months ago. <laughs>
1: well, but also, I mean, to her credit, the, it's three months three months ago, a guy in a mask killed their coworker, and they're like, "Hey, let's have a mask party."
4: <laughs> you gotta move on, Andy. Though you gotta move on. You know, <laughs> you have to
2: face your fears. You have to, to them. you
4: have to face them. I did a face. half what? face thing. Yep. A thing that was weird about, th- I mean, the whole like black and white aesthetic doesn't super do it for me. And I was like, oh, maybe it's so Christine can stand out. Her costume's this like pale pink, so she's not really standing out at all. raul has got kind of the stage accurate, like really attractive, like with all the cording and like the cape did and Did he have his little ponytail? Mm, did he? Maybe he,
5: has scenes, he has scenes, it in yeah. some scenes and others he has it in scenes.
4: Yeah. yeah. But the the thing is that the very cool moment that gave me chills while watching it was the the last masquerade refrain where they're kind of all in unison and like dancing. It's that wide shot, except instead of like dancing with them, all the principals are just standing on the side of the staircase, <laughs> just watching them and singing. Like even yeah, in uh, the stage show, they still dance. So they're just standing there
3: masquerade. As a yeah. swing, like- I, I was asking
1: uh-huh. stuff like, does this imply that the people singing this were like, entertainment hired for the party
4: if they were because we got a really cool thing again because we can see backstage we see like the stage hands and the, the kind of you know sneaking the booze and having their uh-huh. own party right which was really cool so like no because they're all having their own poor people party like in the bottom of the titanic i think we're <laughs> supposed to just
2: assume that all the rich people like also know how to do it's like when rich people like know how to do like a ballroom dance that's complicated and have all of is these that French- a, <laughs> is that a thing you know how like in like Jane Austen, they're always oh, like going sure. to parties and they have I dance you, and They all know all the dancing. Yeah, we know the I masquerade. You it's thing. we're all doing it. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. all know that that's in Paris, you know the masquerade. <laughs> I thought you meant in modern
4: <laughs> times. It's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you
3: know if how you, we all
4: know the cupid it, shuffle, apparently.
1: <laughs> I
3: mean Well,
1: rich there. people do.
4: Well,
2: some people do. Of a certain uh, class. Okay, and then speaking of the costumes here, so Phantom comes in and crashes the ball and says, I've written you a Don Juan opera, you have to do it now. He is in the most like understated red costume. This costume is supposed to be called Red Death and he is supposed to come in and just be a little drama queen. With big and, a like, mask
3: and frown from a, Tina. A,
2: a
4: huge hat the feathers are like off the charts it's like what captain hook's hat would be but in real life you know that like <laughs> captain hook's hat in the end of the animated peter pants got the feathers uh-huh. um that's what it is but also i was watching it he has like a weapon like he they're afraid of him because he's brandishing a sword at them not because it's like oh no the phantom's back it's like there's a guy at our party with a gun basically like that's kind of what it is instead of him threatening them with his presence and his mysteriousness he's just like i'm gonna point this sword at you you guys, if you don't do my opera that I wrote, and another thing we miss in this is then the rehearsal for Don Juan. We don't get that rehearsal where the piano starts playing by uh, itself,
1: where Nathan uh, Fielder has them all practice what it would be like to be around the Phantom.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. I've never seen that show, but were he to arrive brandishing?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's try one in case he has a gun, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we just like immediately go to Christine sneaking out of the dormitory for some reason to g- tell a carriage driver take me to my father's grave no additional
4: <laughs> yeah, she, not, she says she cemetery. says the cemetery that's how
5: that's she it. says. i'm cemetery. going to the cemetery she's
4: like drive
2: me, me right up grave. to my
5: daddy's grave and he's a famous violinist and i won't tell you his name because it's not in the credits <laughs> <laughs> Which, <señor? laughs>
4: An interesting thing some people may may find a fun fact is that while she is kind of sneaking out the music the score that's playing underneath is kind of a early kind of draft of the song Beneath a Moonless Sky which is kind of the love ballad in Love Never Dies. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of reused that and it's the song where Christine and the Phantom remember that one time they fucked after the Phantom of the Opera after the events like that's what the song is about Um, he does that a few times Um, some of the musical motifs later in the um in the movie are little bits and pieces that would eventually become bits and pieces of love never dies interesting too was she walks past a sleeping raul was that raul mm-hmm. who's like presumably kind of like guarding protecting her? her or something right yeah. she's engaged oh, yeah, to the man yeah. but she's like I can't tell him I'm going to see my dad's grave because I secretly hope the phantom comes
1: so then she goes to the to the grave and she sings, has Christine not put it together that the Phantom is the angel of music that is coaching her or what? Because, yeah, she because
5: has. like, she has. why would that character that was like the angel of music that like sang in your head all through childhood, like why would that be an actual guy? Like even if you realize that, that that's like a guy living in the basement of a thing, like that's kind of a big, like you might have to realize that in a few turns if you're a 16 year old (laughs) sure but i mean what about
1: when you go to your father's grave and the voice of the most unforgettable night of your life starts singing from it and saying it's me the angel of
0: music well i worry about it
2: some of it is that he has put together at this point or like he knows that she is like putting her fatherly shit onto him.
5: Yeah, he's like trying to pull closer to her through her like most vulnerable thing, which is that she feels sort of lost without her dad. And He's like, perfect. And she's a yeah, great singer. Yeah. And I might get to snag a boob. <laughs>
1: like those <laughs> goblins on the chandelier
3: like
5: those goblins on the
3: chandelier
5: what do they have that i don't oh full faces that are kind of handsome it's almost
4: like the gerard butler like it makes sense that he can't sing because the phantom himself couldn't sing but then he sees christine he's like oh what's she in do singing all right i'll give her voice lessons <laughs> <laughs> it's implied through the, the dialogue that maybe christine also believes that the phantom and her dad are one in the same like the angel uh-huh. of music is her dad like raul says this this man this thing is not your father i don't do a whole lot she with says, it but i think like that's why she's there right because she's very conflicted yeah. so she's going to the grave because
5: to, like, like ground this... herself right to find some advice too like people love talking to graves in movies mm-hmm. <laughs> let's
3: maybe try singing to them there. maybe a little
5: yeah
1: I know. Fortunately, her dad's grave is a big mausoleum like there was in the background of Buffy all the time that can like you can put like um, smart lights on that thing. And like the phantom can just really like he got his wax guy to throw like 40 candles in there of different colors. And then he he really got the
5: sunflowers that do the little that when you (laughs) sing, they move. (laughs) Am I remembering
4: an actual production or wasn't a North production? Or am I making it up that the phantom comes out of the mausoleum? On the he does that in here too. Does and he, he open okay. the
2: door
3: do the north.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He did do that in the and north. Then he, am, I, am I remembering this correctly? Does he go? Do not go in there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Well, are. That's why he's got okay. that horse down there, right? Because he's got a. But no, because he took her to the. He was the he, guy driving. He took he her was to the, the cemetery. Guy, driving, driving to the cemetery but
2: so yeah.
1: this all leads to that sword fight between yeah, the yeah i was just gonna say
2: instead <laughs> instead of a beautiful musical trio we get a sword fight and i want to be mad about this because like what is it but i like
5: a sword fight i'm a you lot got feedback that the guys are starting to <laughs> shoo at this point so
0: let's just <laughs> cling clang a little bit wake them back up <laughs> And honestly, like, it works probably,
1: for me. I
4: was about to fucking kill him, and Christine's like, "Not like this.
0: Not like, like this. You got to
4: get him with the lasso. Like he got bouquet hard on his face
0: <laughs> until he dies."
2: <laughs> we talked about how they like skipped a bunch of stuff. Now we get like a five minute sort of speed run through all of the like necessary plot parts that would have happened in the stuff that we skipped before so like there's like a one second thing where they make a plan to capture the phantom what fucking plan nothing it's like well maybe he'll show up and really annoys
5: me that that plan was like i got it all figured out and i'm like cool and then it's just kind of like i don't know maybe christine was not there we get all okay. these shots of them just like looking at each
2: other. Like, is this, do we do it? Uh, it's nothing.
1: Is uh, that what's, what's playing out when the Phantom takes the stage during Don Juan and like we yes. see uh, Andre and Fiverr? Uh, yes. Get the get the guards and bring them into their booths. So
2: so like their plan is allegedly he's like Christine's gonna sing and if Christine sings then they know that he'll come and watch her and then they can lock him in in this opera house where he very famously has a million secret exits from <laughs> <laughs> and and shoot him like that's their whole plan.
3: It's yeah. magic and like- this
5: is where I would Oregon Trail like if the plot goes to the Oregon. I'm going to deviate and go to California here. And Hell what yeah. I'm going to do is their plan is that they just kind of like capture the phantom and they kind of like tickle him a little bit. And they're like, you have been taken theater so seriously. <laughs> and we decided that we're going to give you the next season to just like artistically do whatever you want. But you have to live in a room with Raul and you can't fall in love with him. And also <laughs> we're going to give Christine the summer off until she's like 19. She's out of here.
1: <laughs> All right, everyone, let's form a back rub circle. Yes.
5: <laughs> we're going to do some mirroring exercises no, Eric, not with real mirrors <laughs> at all. It just becomes the warm-ups for working at the Museum of Science and Industry, which was reluctant improv.
3: Yeah, or <laughs> I call of, it? A lot of improv. Are
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> Andy! Aww. So now it's Don Juan, and there's fire everywhere.
1: I didn't really get this until I read it, but like the music is sort of dissonant and different to what people were used to at the time, and so you see a lot of... Um, extras in the audience <laughs> going oh peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter or whatever oh, like, oh, oh, i, don't
5: I know. haven't heard this but that's the land sound land. you're looking for this I know. is <laughs> the kind of thing like
1: it it's your cousin what? marvin berry <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's it's because we didn't get the don juan rehearsal scene where they're trying to like power through the score and they're like no the notes are weird and they're this doesn't sound normal so since we didn't get that instead we get like lavishly dressed ladies being like oh i well i've never i oh. Inky, stinky mm-hmm. stinky little notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so Pianji is uh, going to play in the lead who who would you know, have all these romantic numbers with Christine, and this is when the Phantom yanks him out. We don't really know what he does to Bianchi. We just—it kind of looks like he comes off the top rope and does a double axe handle. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and then, I was um, hoping like it that. would be
4: implied he did the giant hook thing, but we unfortunately <laughs> yeah. do. There see are
2: him. there
5: shepherd's crooks there. There are. They have. Yeah. Put them in at... skates so from the train show Starlight <laughs> <laughs> Express, and then whoa the hook just <laughs> half the work but
2: he does something and uh later we found out that he murdered pianji oh and really is that in the yeah. movie yeah there's like we see a shot after when everything's on fire we see a shot of carlotta finding his
4: body
0: Fucking justice for just, pianji
4: literally justice for literally pianji. gonna say that he didn't do anything <laughs> wrong he didn't no, he was just cast really,
1: He didn't even even in the play where he has to smack that girl's ass. It really seems like he really is uh, soft as a feather with it.
5: In a weird way, this Pianchi, follow me on this trail. It's going to be worth going on. (laughs) Pianchi to me seems like a figure in Andrew Lloyd Webber's life that is the Newman to his own Seinfeld. That he's (laughs) like, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, why you made this guy like the phantom's like and he needs to lose a little weight and it's like <laughs> did you have a problem with someone like years ago and was there like, a
2: tenor who just like made you feel awesome. so small
5: <laughs> he was probably like really funny and like trying to joke around with them and he was like i remember this forever and i'm the phantom
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, but, then so then now he... phantom
5: is on the stage
3: he's on oh, the stage yeah.
2: So now Phantom is is done one and uh, he's, he's singing with Christine. I, th- I think we see Christine recognize him like right away, right? Like yeah, she knows immediately one, yeah. and she's like, you know, making those eye contact because they didn't actually work out their plan with like what to do in this moment. Um, and then they sing their really passionate duet. This is one of my favorite songs from the musical. I don't, it's just so, I, it's just great. It's, it's like. sexy.
5: It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's significant. That's the Phantom that I drew when I was eight. And whenever I would yes. draw something that felt like very like, I'd kind of be like, someone's going to see this and I'm going to get in trouble. And it's because it's my true feelings. <laughs> I love I that. cannot oh. go see this musical. I I'm in love with the Phantom. I hate him. I cannot go. I'm going to enjoy myself.
4: I'm looking at the picture right now that you drew and it, it's, it's stunning. There's a lot of feeling so in
5: there. And also his I used it as are just paper, kind of like, so like there's a couple
4: like math problems. I, with was like random <laughs> I was wondering what that was.
1: Something that confuses me about the scene, or not confuses me, I just think it's stupid, is that they're on the top of the rafters and they're singing to each other in the Don Juan play. And then he says, like, Christine, <laughs> he like calls her Christine. And I'm like, what? They're, you're, you're supposed to be acting. You wrote this. I think he I-
4: knows at that point, like, the jig is up, right? Because you got... Lisa? Yeah, I do. He did this whole
5: thing just to get to her on stage in a place where she's, like, surrounded by people. Like, he was trying to pull a play on her. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. He just wants to be in power. He's not... Andy, he's not worried about the Yelp reviews tomorrow. <laughs> well, we've she had got- masks him.
4: Yeah, we've got a few shots where you kind of see... <laughs> snipers for lack of a better word like in the wings I think on stage they kind of come out and like oh we got you now phantom mm-hmm. um, so like he knows so he can say Christine now
1: that's but but see that's the thing is I think that it was it's, it's a failure in the adaptation where like in the play it makes sense for him to call her Christine at that point but in the movie he's definitely yeah. still supposed to be acting he should have called Wong. her Emmy <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> I
2: want to just not skip over um Patrick Wilson's tears in his eyes when Oh
3: my god. Yeah.
2: He, like we see him see that that Christine knows that it's the phantom and like that he sees that she's choosing to stay singing with him anyway and I just what a real moment he gives us.
1: But so basically he he grabs Christine and he takes her down to the dungeon.
2: A hole. In, you know, you know how you have a hole in the stage floor that leads to the dungeon he that goes no down one that knows hole.
1: about.
4: But but yeah. uh, Raul knew about it because earlier in the in the movie, he went down there and the phantom was like, oh, mirrors, you can't you don't know. Where am I? Where am I? Mm-hmm. And he was all <laughs> over.
1: Yeah, it's a very goofy sequence where he traps Raul in the hall of mirrors and Raul's like, "Ah, oh, he's over there.
0: Now he's over there. It's like,
1: but so um, he grabs her, he takes her down, and then sort of everyone else follows. Follows.
2: Sue. uh Jiri leads Raúl down, and um this is where we get this moment. <laughs> <laughs> all,
1: all three of us instinctively put our hands at the level of our eyes.
5: But you did like a jaunty, little, <laughs> like, a, like, did, like side show, <laughs> like. And he looked like like a guy who's like, oh no, we're going to be on this cruise with all these broads. We better pretend to be one. Like that kind of movie. <laughs> They're in the Navy, kind of. It's like, okay.
2: So we get Ron jumping into the lake, but this mm. is apparently from the book where he, like, Falls into a trap and there's a gate that's coming down and it's gonna drown him.
1: Well, something that I noticed a couple of times in this movie is that when a shot doesn't go the way they want it to, they either run it backwards or they run it in slow motion. <laughs> oh, no. Like when the candles go out too fast, they like put the candles in slow motion so it looks better. There is definitely a shot in this movie where bubbles are going back into Patrick Wilson's nose <laughs> <laughs> as he's underwater because there's just of, the it's a trick of the of phantom. Shot.
4: It's the Phantom's <laughs> magic, Andy. He's blowing
0: air into the gentleman's nose.
4: <laughs> the gentleman.
1: But so he he um, drops him into this little trap of water where he starts to drown, and it, it's probably going to be really hard for him to get out of that, right?
5: No, it's going to just—he just, just got a pull thing. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. It's
5: right there. He's loosely uh, tied to some uh, Disney gates. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's yeah. So then he's gonna he's gonna come into the 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 dungeon proper where the fan dungeon proper and now the lair.
4: We're in the the final. That's what the track is called. Is the final lair. So they're in the lair
2: off screen. He's made Christine to put on the wedding dress. He like slams the veil down. Right. Like, how does that conversation go? She tries to
5: reason with him a little bit Uh, she's just chit-chatting with him like the weird thing about their conversation at this point is so like weirdly like flirty old married couple I hate you (laughs) I gotta get out of here but also you know me like it's it's kind of a fun dynamic but it's also like it's messed up
0: the
1: Phantom is is full-on villain at this point too I mean Gerard Butler the crazy eye uh he's he, like he's
2: like pacing and like throwing his cape around
1: yeah i just really like how
4: he's talking about his face he's like oh this terrible face and she's like your face doesn't bother me it's how shitty of a person you are yeah. <laughs> like that's soul her thing she's like poisoned. it's the soul where the it's true distortion soul, lies. um steph are you going to talk about electric portcullis at all
2: i would you like to i would love it if you told us
4: it's a a, a theater thing where if one technological thing goes wrong you have a plan b so they have one for like the boat if the boat motor doesn't work and the boat's not running they just kind of walk through the mist right and then she's like on the lake there was a boat but there wasn't um and in this it was it's the portcullis um and there was some guy before they had a fail safe he the the guy who was playing raul um didn't know what to do so he just like the lasso didn't come down to like get him so he just like grabbed the portcullis and screamed electric portcullis and like pretended like he was being electrocuted (laughs) like on a broadway stage Um, and I think after that happened they're like oh we need a plan b for that like we can't we can't do that again
2: I do think having I mean I'm sure it was so annoying to film in there but I do think having all this happen in the lake is really effective like we Mm. got like Christine's dress like kind of like floats behind (sighs) her uh, this
1: this scene in the dungeon at the end is like some of the only stuff in the second half of the movie that I like truly track and truly like am, am all in for if I'm being honest uh-huh. with you it's a very
4: uh, exciting end of show thing when you kind of you're watching it and you're realizing kind of oh we're in the end now like we're in the lair like mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. now is the end of the show
1: you like, can hear too the whole theater community uh, mar- uh singing and marching to come for him and none, <laughs> none of them you know, this is, you know what assholes theater people are is that none of them are like hey maybe if we don't sing he won't hear <laughs> us coming.
3: <laughs> we can no, shake we up must enough. do it with a snare
2: drum
1: <laughs> they're like no i wrote a song for this
2: <laughs> so yeah so the phantom has raul tied to the portcullis and says uh you have to choose you can either stay here with me and i'll let him go or you can go but i'll kill him and so christine s- makes out with the phantom says she's gonna tra- stay And uh, the phantom is like so moved by how good of a kisser she is that he's like, nope, (laughs) never mind. You can go.
1: He's like, oh, I get it now. This is a dick move. This is a real nice guy move that I'm pulling right here.
5: This is a dick move (laughs) to the exact situation that I set up is kind of a He says. And he goes, I, and then he gets really embarrassed and he's like, I forget all the time. Uh, he actually like an guy who like <laughs> slipped on the ice getting his newspaper and he's like,
3: everybody <laughs> go back inside,
5: I'm fine. I'm, he's so embarrassed and this is like, man he just saw it all and was like i look like an asshole and this nice guy wants to marry her and take care of her and he doesn't live in the basement of this oh no he doesn't have sugar sticks in his shoes all the time (laughs) i've been messing with her since she was a child what am i doing Uh,
1: i need to go talk to my only friend about this a monkey with symbols
4: I I like the read better that he kisses her and he's like, actually no, I'm into dudes. I'm not <laughs> not feeling this. Actually, this I've been not... living alone and learned something about didn't. myself. Yeah. So then he goes back to the monkey with the symbols.
5: <laughs> <laughs> then he gets the he gets the taste for the carnival freaks that night. <laughs>
2: um, I wish that I could say that this is the end. Like we get the classic ending. He runs and Meg holds up the the mask. But no. We have he to literally go back to 1919.
4: Says, no, he says it's over now. The music of the night. And it's not over. Why do we, we, we need the five more device? black and white minutes? We don't know. But do so- you know what I was thinking? It's it would have been better if right before, you know, the kind of last um, I think the last bit of this framing device they do is right before Don Juan. Do they do like another one before the um, there is one more. No, right. No more it mm-hmm, How much more mm-hmm. interesting would it be if we're like we've got this tension, like oh my god, what's going to happen? And then he's at the grave, and then we're like, is is Christine going to die? Like at the end of this, this Ooh. show, like, that would have been a lot cooler, uh-huh, right?
5: Uh-huh. Or what about this? Christine and Raoul escape, and they're like, <sighs> And then he turns to kiss her, and she's wearing the mask. <laughs> <laughs> And then it says
4: the end with a question Question mark. mark. (laughs) (laughs) And the bottom of the question mark is the mask.
5: It's a little face and then it says
1: the phantom will return and love
0: never love dies. Never dies.
5: In, in may of 2029 in, in avengers
0: secret wars
5: you will see him and dr strange kiss <laughs> and see if that works a little better
1: and like then dr doom trying to kiss and their masks just keep clanging against you
3: <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> but so we go back to patrick wilson and his old man makeup that is again Worse than Saturday Night Live's old (laughs) man
5: Bill Um, Hader has been a more convincing old pervert (laughs) than this man is Raoul. Raoul
2: places uh, his little music box at the grave. And as he does that, he notices a freshly laid rose that has Christine's ring attached to the stem, implying that the phantom is still alive and will always love her. And his rose. classic
5: black ribbon that he always Ugh, lusciously right? ties that, I, around the I roses. Never,
2: I never get a gift from the Phantom without that black ribbon. <laughs> that luscious
5: <laughs> black ribbon. He's more than he needs to because he buys so dang much of it. He's got so 20,000 so fights a He's got a ribbon guy.
1: He's got
5: a ribbon
2: guy. I mean, we fade out with the, another candle image for some reason. I mean, I guess that wax guy, like. They really needed to pay. Him. Big, big Wax Guy needed a plug.
4: <laughs> Get that original um, song and the credits. Ooh, and then right. Mini
0: Driver's real oh, voice yes. comes yeah. in your okay.
4: right. eyes.
0: Let me
1: drop my facts about the Mini Driver song. So, first of all, it was originally a song written for Gerard Depardieu to do as a new song for the Phantom, and then it got cut probably because of his singing voice and uh wait Gerard the- don't oh, sorry <laughs> sorry yeah Gerard Depardieu that is Gerard uh, Butler it was a I believed you
2: I, I, was was like, oh. I was like wait I need the fucking Gerard Depardieu <laughs> phantom where yeah. is that
1: no it was originally waiting for the phantom for Gerard Butler and then they cut that and they wrote new lyrics for it and they they had Minnie Driver sing it over the credits with her real voice uh, which sounds great, but it sounds
5: know. great. But she did under; she went a little flat on one of the early notes of the song, and I was like, "Minnie, you didn't uh... want to retake that one after <laughs> your whole you didn't ne- sing the whole thing. You didn't want to retake that one."
1: Well, and so this song is nominated for uh, the Best Original Song Oscar uh, oh. in 2005. Maybe he and wrote it's... it
5: that way, but I really heard this one note and was like, "Oh!" And then the rest of the song is like, "That was okay." I
1: didn't. I didn't <laughs> watch this, but uh, Beyonce did perform this at the Oscars. That year, oh, because she hey. she performed all the all the songs that um had female vocalists. Oh. That were and you recorded. remember Who won?
5: Drive. <laughs> did o three, Bonnie and Clyde that <laughs> year <laughs> um the
1: the what one was uh, a song from the motorcycle Diaries. Uh, wow. that, I, that none of us remember we
5: were motor psycho for those diaries <laughs> no, we, that year We were as a culture the academy was what, anyway
1: what lost and what should have won with the sands of time we now know is your precious counting crows with accidentally in love from shrek 2
5: <laughs> that's <laughs> true that's the most long-lasting song of the bunch
1: where's the lie I, the only piece of trivia i want to drop is there's a line that he sings the fate which condemns me to wallow in blood has also denied the joys of the flesh which many people take to interpret that the phantom is impotent due to his injuries; that he can't get an erection. But it's not apparent. It's not what it does. It's because he I thinks
5: just, he's too ugly to fuck. Yeah, just I, ugly, thought yeah. it I just thought of as
4: just Just imagine though, like he's his half of his face is kind of messed up, the rest of his body is normal, and then like down there. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Can you what imagine if, if he just had one real messed up ball? You know, like, oh, with a tiny like, mask,
3: ah, with a ah. tiny mask—the
5: on <laughs> the one from the exclamation point or the question mark.
1: But so, okay, so let's talk about if we were to remake this now. I'm, it's shocking to me that this is the only movie version of this musical that exists, and it should get remade, and they should try it again. Absolutely. Uh, but let's talk about casting. Is there anyone that you guys would see in these roles?
5: But then do who would the people Lumpus. be
4: who would be murdered? Right. Yeah. Like the okay. people
5: are the people who get murdered. Right. Like, but, definitely. Okay. Okay. Wait. Like, I think Can't Christine's a girl. <laughs> wait. I have.
1: I have to jump in here. Yeah. So. As we, so this whole thing leads to me doing a, a new song. You guys have somehow gotten to the thing that I was gonna say, and that my <laughs> song is based on. And you said it so many times, and I've held off. But yes, this is what I think we should do,
3: and this is the basis of my song:
1: is that there should be a Muppets Phantom of the You're Opera.
5: So right.
1: <laughs> because the picture now, picture as the Phantom in a mask with a half-long nose.
3: Yeah,
1: Gonzo. Right, (laughs) you picture it like, and then I think you got to have Miss Piggy as Carlotta.
5: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then Kermit
5: would be um, her little guy that gets killed by Gonzo.
1: (laughs) 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 I do think it should be a human, uh, as Christine. As Christine, so that Miss Piggy gets to be jealous of her.
5: Mm -hmm, Miss Piggy's guy should be like a real Charles Grodin hot (laughs) guy type (laughs) from back when they did their little you know, Muppets take Manhattan. It's got to be a guy that's like, kind of like, yeah, 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 Miss Piggy. <laughs> so I did just Google because like, it's like, how have they not
4: done this yet? And like, there is a Muppet book from 2017 called Muppets meet the classics, the Phantom of the Opera. Um, it's on the Muppet wiki. So let's see. Uh, Christine Dye obviously is Miss Piggy. Uh is yeah. Kermit the Frog. I mean, yeah. Um,
3: that Fearman, certainly makes sense
4: Waldorf and Statler obviously. obviously yeah we already called that years who ago is the, who is Uncle Deadly he's the phantom
1: he, he's the phantom what? okay that's pretty good I mean I
5: would maybe make Sweetums
1: the phantom <laughs> <I> <laughs> no, think Sweetums... Sweetums
5: is Carlotta
4: I would say <laughs> <laughs> right
1: I think <laughs> I, I like Sweetums as the as the stagehand guy whose name I can never remember <laughs> even though it's a yeah. word what is it bouquet it's a bouquet. It's a word that exists, and I can never remember it.
5: Now, in a weird way, I could also see um, casting Kermit as Madame Geary just so that Robin could be Meg. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who is this new tutor, Christine? <laughs> Christine is played by Billie Eilish, and everyone thought it would be terrible, but it like she crushed. <laughs> she knew exactly yeah. how to do it.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, ha, 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 ha. It's like, she Why?
1: somehow is very engaging with the Muppets. But okay, so we we've talked we've talked a lot about two guys. Um, as I guess you guys are picturing them as uh, Andre and and Fiver. I keep calling him Fiverr. What's his <laughs> name? Fearman. Fearman. But I I sort of pictured something different for our old friends Statler and Waldorf. Uh, and that's I guess let's just jump right into it. That's that's the song that I wrote here. Um, I tried to honor my favorite song. Uh, In this uh, I guess that's, that's all I'll say in preamble And we'll just listen to it and talk about it after Here we go
0: Most ghosts dwell below you To try to drag you to hell by your feet But we, we sit in judgment, high above from our box seats. Those dummies on the stage will always see our face. And when we throw tomatoes, they always find their place. To escape from this theater is our plea.
3: Cause we're we're the the phantoms of of the
0: balcony. Okay, now quiet. I can't hear waiting for Godot. Wake me up when it's over! I'll be waiting to (laughs) (laughs) go-go! Little breakdown. Hey, remember when we set that guy playing Hamlet on fire? Now that was a great comedy show! Comedy show? Hamlet's not a comedy show! Well, we sure did watch that Dane Cook! (laughs) (laughs) We are! The greatest curse that the Muppet Theater could ever know. We're just two dumb old hecklers who are convinced that we are helping the show. But all our yelling has no longer brought us joy. Instead, we must bring death and doom to all the chorus boys. Murdering the actors brings us glee. FOR WE'RE THE, the PHANTOMS of, OF THE BALCONY Remember when you killed the lead in Death of a Salesman? He came out and bowed at the end. I was trying to save them from a blatant false advertising lawsuit. Rosenkrantz ah! <laughs> <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, same joke. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> how are you enjoying the show so far? Oh, I give it straight A's. Oh, really? Yeah, but pronounced like this. Ah! Ah, <laughs> 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 we jumped out that Neil Simon cast till they were Biloxi Blue. You burned the cast of Crucible at the stake. No, that was you. Oh, yeah. Ah! <laughs> we crucified the guy who played JC. Not such a superstar anymore, because are you? We're Here the, are the phantoms of the, the Balcony. Hey, what do you think of this organist? He should play an organ solo. Oh, you want to see him shred? No, I mean he should play with no one else around. <laughs> and then we'll murder him.
1: There it is. The Phantoms of the Balcony. <laughs>
3: um, so the, good. the Phantom
1: of the Muppet. The Phantom of the Muppet Theater. <laughs> I can't believe that you fuckers got there
0: before me.
5: <laughs> That's what happens when you hire the best phantom-minded gals in the industry
3: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) and the best
5: muppet-minded gals
1: yeah truly truly and that's as good a time (laughs) as any to remind people that the only place that you can find those songs that we write here for every episode of musical the movie the podcast is on our patreon patreon.com slash dumb fun which is the whole dumb fun network of podcasts which includes fanny falls demon hunter a show that sarah you're a big part of
5: oh my gosh Uh, i love fanny falls you should all just like get ground level in there
1: get in there it's only going to be 13 episodes
5: i want to talk about it because i know what happens (laughs) in it
1: (laughs) sarah is the
5: person who makes whose
2: uh fanny falls contributions like most consistently pop me and make me laugh
1: So, uh, so Fanny Falls I'll, I'll uh, remind the listener that Fanny Falls Is a fake rewatch show where I Have written uh, basically It's it's two washed up 90s actors talking About a show they used to be on that's very similar to Buffy The Vampire Slayer and I've written Fake scenes from the show that Then I sent out to a bunch of great comedic performers Like Sarah and they send it back to me I edit it together with music sound effects And then we, uh, we Play the actors talking about the show and we play the Clips from the show I'm somehow Muddling it in the description but it's just <laughs> <laughs> one of the most fun times I've ever had doing comedy. And it's like a combination of all the skills that I've learned over the past, you know, 15 years. It's and, Garth
5: uh, Marenghi meets Buffy, the vampire slayer.
1: That That's a pretty good elevator pitch. That's you're not wrong. And so, uh, yeah, check that out if you can. That's that's all I mentioned. Go to our Patreon. Steph no longer has a day job. She is a full-time nursing student. I will milk that for all the pity that it's worth. Uh, <laughs> go to our Patreon and help us live a little. <laughs> and by live a little, I mean eat dinner at uh, patreon.com slash dumbfun. What else do you, what do you guys have uh, before we, before my computer dies? Steph, what about you?
2: Enjoy something. Um... Okay,
4: bye.
1: <laughs> okay, enjoy something. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know what about you
4: you know i was thinking about this earlier today because i've never had anything to plug again i'm not a comedy person i'm not an entertainer i'm a mom and i live in wisconsin um i would just love to plug the concept of a fall walk go on a yeah. fall walk right <laughs> if you live somewhere where the leaves are changing go look at those leaves if you don't go enjoy the temperate weather just get outside and take a little fall walk
3: well that's that. a, a nice walk. one yeah
1: shaki what you got
5: Oh, I've got stuff to promote. You can listen to Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling weekly on the MLW Radio Network at Marty Sarah Pod on Twitter. And then uh, at the Music Box next month, Mortified is doing a show and WBEZ is like promoting it all month. And I'm going to be reading some of my first stories I ever wrote from like first grade. And oh, yeah. uh, if you like that phantom oh, part, uh, you're going to really enjoy <laughs> Bare Butt Goes to the Zoo. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bearbutt's so like you're, my you're,
5: franchise. It's like he's just a bear, and his name's Bear Butt. Like, don't get weird about it.
1: You're one of my favorite uh, creatives, period. But like in particular, the 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 way that you are in touch with the particular type of creative that you were as a child, uh, <laughs> like the X-Man that you created as a child. Solar, and all- Solar,
3: yeah, they're
5: all connected. They're all the same Mary Sue. It's the cinematic just a different universe, Yeah. In some ways, <laughs> Solar dated the Phantom of the Opera, but it's like, it only makes sense to me. And that's why I have to write fiction books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, and Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, just one of the great, I, I used to play it for Steph even before she liked wrestling just because it's so funny and the character work on it is so funny
5: we trick couples into liking wrestling together
1: (laughs) really and now it's worked thank you guys so much for such a great episode this has been so fun so
2: much fun i can't even tell you it's a dream to like talk about phantom of the opera for nearly two hours three
1: hours some of our favorite people uh Check out all their projects. I mean, Tina doesn't have any projects. You want people (laughs) to follow you on Twitter, Tina?
4: Oh, yeah. uh, That same song on Twitter.
1: Tweet at me and Steph, uh, Andy, Andy Fleming and Storps Mop and tell us what musicals you want us to do on the show. Uh, We're going to be wrapping up our spooky October with our Halloween day episode, which is our next one with a little movie called the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Boy, I'm, ex- I'm excited about this one because I think there are some bots in Rocky Horror. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Musical,
0: the movie, the podcast. Musical, the movie, the podcast. Musical, the movie, the podcast with Andy and Steph. Phone,
3: dome.